0: This is your host, One, a.k.a. Cham, joined by Chaunce and or Darth. How you doing?
1: Doing good. Holding the cat.
0: Uh, that's good for you. That's for sure. A dog never comes on my lap anymore. Anyways,
2: and Matt. <laughs> hey, what's up?
0: Uh, well, we're ready to talk about some magic. Um... Tonight, we are going to be talking about um, Strixhaven and the commander set that came out with it. So instead of our normal five cards, which we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about seven. And one of them is going to be a commander in which we maybe not intend to, but would like to build around at least. Um, Considering I don't build too many decks anymore, but if I were to build a deck, this would be the one kind of idea. If that makes sense
2: totally makes sense
0: so um i'm glad (laughs) um so uh yeah so let's uh let's without further ado uh we're going to do our normal round robin uh talk about our our seven cards tonight and it's going to be a longer one as a result so with that yeah without you know any more fiddle faddling darth Chaunce, let's uh let's let's kick us off your number one card or your first card I should say it
1: it in some ways is definitely my number one card we're gonna start with a white sorcery called secret rendezvous and we had a discussion beforehand that uh, rendezvous is hard to spell (laughs) it's one Uh, one white white it's an uncommon you and target opponent each draw three cards Strixhaven's five colleges encourage natural rivalries among the students but some bonds transcend all barriers I mostly play Commander. This is probably awful in Sealed and Draft and whatnot, but in Commander and a deck that might be mono-white or might want to lean heavily on white, being able to draw three and look at either the weakest player or the most manipulatable player and have them draw three, like, this feels great. Like,
0: manip- manipulatable? Yeah.
1: Most easy to manipulate? Like, yeah, I mean it is white card draw that feels reasonable that gives you this political edge that a lot of the uh, white black school just blinking on the name
0: you know secret rendezvous always to me sounds like silver quill like there we go to me, it sounds like secret lovers that they're they're not supposed to meet.
1: I don't know. Like the art definitely makes me think they're friends that want to stay close friends, not something romantic. At least that's my interpretation.
0: Yeah, I, I'm just going purely off the name. Um, to be honest, I am still trying to find this card <laughs> because Mythic Spoiler is just not friendly it's with It's such a mess for this set we for some reason yeah just uh scrolling around that's what it is
1: like it's just I played in a lot of decks I enjoy the political aspect of it and I think everyone will at times play cards that kill themselves and that's fine with this
2: (laughs) (laughs) and and in commander too the the quote unquote drawback of having to allow an opponent to also draw cards can really be mitigated you know you can have alliances going on at the table politics and maneuvering and and there'll be i think there'll be lots of situations where letting someone that you've got a currently have a, a deal or arrangement with is not going to feel that bad um Mm-hmm. And just to, I mean, for me a piggyback on some of the comments I've made in previous episodes, I, I'm really happy to see them exploring this new design space with white. Um uh, I know Mark Rosewater recently said in one of his articles or posts or, or something that that he's had to revisit how he feels about card draw and white because card draw is just so essential to the game to completely cut it out of out of a color it really it can't continue and so seeing them start to kind of kind of bridge that in ways that still feel true and authentic to the color is very very uh inspiring
0: right because when you when you look at the plethora of cards in the history of magic you know when you replay commander kind of and stuff you get to pick like the best of the best and even with the best of the best white was still boy you need to do some multi multicolor <laughs> to get that card draw. Yeah.
2: Or uh really They're going mono white. Or or really <laughs> lean on those artifacts. I will say in a in a mono white token deck, tablet of ancestry can absolutely do some work. But uh <laughs> Yeah.
0: Or a or a or or a Chauncey's favorite temple bell. Like Hey, everyone draw a card. At least I get a card. That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: get away with a lot
1: more things Um, than you should if you've had someone struggling draw a card every turn the whole game.
0: Yeah. I am... No lie. Still trying to find it.
1: Okay, so I'll I'll give you a big hint. The top, it's organized by the school specifically. There's a big break, and then theoretically it's the monocolor cards, and then the column to the left is white.
0: You just scroll down. Okay, I'm just going to I'm just going to go back to the... Because I was on the newest, because I knew it was all screwed up.
1: I suggest two pages. Newest for Commander cards, set for the base set.
0: Oh my god. Why? Why do they do this to us? Hey. Uh... Nope, still can't find it. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Alright. Alright. <laughs> All right. So yeah, secret rendezvous. Um sounds good. We all like card draw. It's coming to white. Thank you. Uh you said rosewater, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he he mentioned that he you know as the head designer for the game, he was one of the most ardent uh upholders of the of the old school color design philosophy and uh things that that were not traditionally part of a color. He was always very staunch about Keeping those things out of that color, and uh, yeah, he finally mm-hmm. finally mm-hmm. admitted that, that card draw is just simply too fundamental to the game for, for one color to not get it hardly at all.
0: Right, or yeah, and and the, the idea is that that was a blue mechanic, right? And it obviously obviously that is just not okay anymore. <laughs> like that was something. That was something I had a problem when building my decks is I didn't, like, care for a lot of card draw. And then Chance was always like, yeah, but you want card draw. And I'm like, yeah, d- yeah. I mean, I'm just going to kill things. I mean, it like,
2: sounds okay, I guess.
0: <laughs> I mean, draw cards or, like, beat face in. Yeah. Um, uh, I think I'm going to draw... Uh, 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 no, I think I'm going to kill. <laughs> <laughs> okay and i finally found it yay i do like the card art for that that is cool i just wish i could see it closer but hey this is things so yeah i like this um uh i guess we'll uh, start off with your next one matt um all right or your first one
2: so for my first choice i cheated Uh, I technically did a two-for-one because these two cards, I feel, are are doing similar things. They happen to be the same exact mana cost. They're both instants. There is a very important distinction and difference in what they do, but again, I think they're kind of operating in the same area as one another. So the first one is called Infuse with Vitality. It costs a black and a green for an instant at common. It says until end of turn, return, target or, sorry, until end of turn, target creature gains death touch, and when this creature dies, return it to the battlefield tapped under its owner's control. You gain two life. The flavor text says Dina raised her cup to Killian's lips, and for the first time in his life, he knew compassion. Uh, mm. My second cheater pick is the one called Rushed Rebirth. It is also a black and a green for an instant at Rare. And it says, choose target creature. When that creature dies this turn, search your library for a creature card with lesser mana value. Put it onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle. Flavor text reads, Witherbloom students learn to see death not as tragedy, but as opportunity. So, Hmm. again, comments I think I've made in some previous episodes. Uh, Historically, reanimator effects have been kind of held solid, typically at sorcery speed and typically around 5 mana. Um, That seems to be the the norm for what we see for reanimator effects. The handful of times that they've given us something at a lower mana cost, it's either become a competitive staple. You look at a, a spell like Dread Return that's been played in most formats where it's legal. Uh, or it's some of those really janky kind of exile-based ones where you have to like exile an existing creature you have. I'm thinking uh, one of the Theros blocks gave us a, a four-mana reanimator spell that you had to exile a creature you already had in play, and then you returned it and a creature from your graveyard to the battlefield. Uh, so you had to kind of have a little bit more board presence in order to take advantage of it. And here lately they've really been kind of experimenting with these weird little almost combat trick reanimators. And I think the intent is to kind of circumvent reanimator's traditional role as like find a way to put a big scary thing in your graveyard and cheat it into play for less mana. Uh, These spells are kind of requiring you to already have something on the board. Rush Rebirth is arguably the more interesting of the two because it's essentially like a single use uh, birthing pod. Uh, and, but what's cool about it is that it's not restricted to a creature you control. It just says choose target creature. So it could be something your enemy has cheated into play. And then when someone else at the table uses their removal to answer, you know, that, that turn three causalek or something, you can then for two mana capitalize on that and cheat your own giant thing into play that costs slightly less than 12, uh, for two mana, it seems pretty good. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh.
0: And 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 what's what's gonna be at slightly less than twelve um, <laughs> mm. progenitus, I
2: guess. <laughs> yeah, but that to me that's the beauty of of uh that's the beauty of that one. Just because you're you're not restricted to a creature that you control. So if there's someone else at right. the table who's either up to reanimator shenanigans or you know any number of green ramp decks, or uh, I think about the Joyer of the Gitu, you know someone's on the uh, the Eldrazi table, um, trying to cheat out something massive, turn three or four. There's a good chance it's going to get answered by someone. Maybe that someone is you, and for two extra mana, you can then not only remove their creature, you can put something of your own into play. Um, so it's not truly a reanimator effect. Like I said, it's really more like a single-use birthing pod. But again, kind of the, the politics yeah. and, the, and the opportunism, I like the fact that they put that at instant speed. And didn't restrict it to something you control. The Infuse with Vitality—it's—it's uh, it's just a slight permutation. The fact that it gives your creature Death Touch, so it potentially turns—you know—if—if if, uh, a little combat tricky. If—if if you have to block somebody's big scary thing, and they're but they're going to trample over and get you anyway. At least this way, you can still kill their threat, and then you'll also get your thing back. Uh, could possibly exploit some End of the Battlefield triggers or some DICE triggers. And then the the life gain could potentially be relevant, especially we're seeing some new commanders in this set that, uh, especially in green black, that synergize with life gain. So, I and I just mm-hmm. think for a common, that's that's not bad.
1: Yeah, does a lot of work on a common.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It does. I feel like <laughs> good art too. I feel like for
1: the the infused card. We're looking at something that, like, yeah, I'm happy to to do that and. You can even potentially reanimate something for somebody else, but I feel like it's a complete card, and then they went, oh, but life gains the theme of green black. Gain two life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As an afterthought, gain two life, yeah.
2: Just a little sugar in that tea. Mm-hmm. One thing I do I
1: do really like about the, uh, I have to keep scrolling, the, yeah. the rare counterpart, the rushed rebirth. You know, talking yeah. about it being a single-shot birthing pod, it's kind of making me think, yeah, but I also get to really dunk on somebody if they're like, yeah, I'm a sneak attack deck. Yeah, <laughs> once. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: The one time it dies, and you get your uh, benefit off of this.
3: And I like that. I like that it's
1: it can be any number. Because that's, that's something like birthing pod effects. They're very powerful, obviously, but they're always like exactly one more man than what's sacked this being as yeah. long as it strictly right. costs less being able to get it then you can be like right this opens up a lot of things like hey maybe this is the game that in your soul tie deck spell saves the universe
2: yeah and you just go
1: get it or
2: or i think about too some of your more gnarly combo potential uh if you chain this with like a a, a Sadisi undead vizier and you cast this in response to the Sadisi trigger on the creature that you're going to exploit. And then when you exploit it, not only do you get a tutor for whatever, you know, you get the tutor effect off Sadisi, then you're still getting a body back on the board and potentially a, a more powerful body, depending on how you've stacked yeah. your deck. I mean, less mana, but you could you could find something that has, a, again, a more relevant enters the <laughs> battlefield trigger.
0: Right. Or Or just, you know board presence too.
2: Yeah.
1: This almost makes there's, me there's a... want to do like a green box sacrifice and a little side story like there's, you know, um, pod chains and you know Vanifar the green blue that's basically a pod and command zone. Yeah. Like yeah, some really complicated combos where you untap and do stuff like that. But it also kind of makes me think there's got to be something harebrained with cards that get spells back out of your graveyard or any card. And this, to be able to be like, okay, we can stack this in a specific way. We can keep rebuying this card. And at some point, we end up with, like, five extra creatures in the graveyard. All the cards in my hand that I started with in my hand. <laughs> and, hey, it's green-black. That's probably fine.
2: Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. It's okay. it, it feels like it has multiple avenues and i like cards that i feel like someone could surprise me with and not just do the best current thing that that card does
0: yep um so uh for my first uh first card in the night it's actually a dual face card so kind of in your 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 vein of having two things to talk about um but these ones are the same card, just different faces. Uh, is Blex the Vexing Pest and Search for Blex? Uh, Blex is two in a green for a legendary creature, Pest. Other pests, bats, insects, snakes, spiders. You control get plus one, plus one. When Blex the Vexing Pest dies, you gain four life for a three-two. Um, I think this is cool. Uh, the reason why I picked this is because uh, I I've, I've always liked the idea of like a spider deck or like a even a snake deck. So like this guy fits right in and he's just like, Hey, here you go. And you could even make it the commander. (laughs) Yeah. you just are like, Hey, I have a Lord on a commander stick for three mana." (laughs) Like, um, I like the idea of just having, um, just a Lordship of a bunch of different things. So you could even make a deck that is just a bunch of those. Um, and of course it's it's showcasing the new type of 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 creature, pest, which we'll see pop up a lot in, in the set, especially under the uh um black green uh school. Yeah. Yeah, Witherbloom. And um uh which, you know, I like the mechanic, uh I like tokens and letting allowing tokens to just give you life back is, is kind of a cool idea. Um, when they die, because tokens are a lot of times they're just as little dudley-do's. You either get a, a bunch of them out and swing in, or you use them for sacrifice triggers or whatnot, and this, this kind of can go either way, because if they die, hey, they, you get the upside of gaining life. Yeah. And he benefits from that too. Uh, and I guess I'll talk about the other side of the card, which I more so picked up for Blacks himself. Uh, the Search for blacks, which is too generic and Swamp Swamp for a sorcery, um, look at the top five cards of your library. You may put any number of them into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. You lose three life for each card put in your hand this way. So you could say, hey, I'll draw five cards for 15 life, like uh, Chance was talking to me about this later uh, earlier today. <laughs> and I was like, that sounds excessive, but I'll take a few. Um, what I see this going in, like if I were to get a hold of this card. I could see this easily going into my, um, oh, goodness gracious. Gyrus what's his name. I forgot it. Gyrus. Yeah. I could see this going into the Gyrus for the search for blacks part of it. Um, just either a card draw or B get more shit in the graveyard so I can re- reanimate it and, and, um, get it out there. Yeah. So it's kind of a dual purpose of either card draw or pitch into the graveyard, which, you know, Black Green wants to do either one, so oh, yeah. there you go. So I think it's a solid card. Uh, I enjoy, like I said, I, I more thought about the Blex end of it, but search for Blex would more go into a deck I already have. So
2: and they and they seem to be giving us a couple of these in each set as things progress, where you have these really kind of underpowered and underrepresented tribes. And they're starting to introduce, like, to, to me, I feel like uh, Moriphon really kind of kicked it off back in Modern Horizons, where you just had the generic, like, tribal lord who could cover all your bases. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's always been, there hadn't been a ton of them, but there's been insects, there's been snakes, spiders. Um, but now yeah. just kind of having a legendary creature that can kind of cover that that vermin deck that you know someone out there has been trying desperately to make it work and he probably Vex pro- or Blex probably gives him just enough synergy to really sell that and make that run.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Unfortunately you gotta hit black green with it. Um spiders wouldn't do too bad but... Yeah spiders would probably really want green blue.
2: Yeah, spiders would really be the uh probably the big winner for this one. Or like you said, pests I mean pests seem really good as tokens. That that incidental life gain mm-hmm. is no joke. There's a lot of decks that can take advantage of that, for sure.
0: Um, any thoughts on this one, Sean? Other <laughs> than your your thoughts of, <laughs> hey, do you want to lose a bunch of life and gain a bunch of cards? Well,
1: you know, thinking about this in the command zone, like Blex is interesting. It gives you direction, but it's it's like the way I, I think of Dark Confidant. If I die this way, that is perfectly fine. Like if my mm. deck is built around the fact. <laughs> That turn four, pretty much like clockwork, I'm going to draw five, lose 15, discard some to hand size, have people look at me really strange and then do shenanigans because you lost a bunch of life or paid a bunch of life or something. And I mean, yeah, there's that the too. probably reasonable <laughs> version of, of this of card trainers. is four mana, lose six, pseudo scribe five, draw two. Pseudo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of maybe scry four is what it ends up being because you can't just pitch them all and dig further if you don't like any of them but yeah like it's it's interesting it's the kind of punishing enough to not like i feel like there's a version of this card that could have been tested that maybe you lose one life per card and then there was some point it was just like look no <laughs> We've, we've had black cards that were, like, five mana, draw five, lose five, and they've felt good, I'm sure, for most of the time, for decks that are willing to play them, and to put that yeah. in the command zone, like, it just, it, there's kind of a theme, I think, too, like like we said about some of the dual-faced cards, they can't be a home run on both faces, they, or either, really. Yeah. I think it's yeah. Blex does enough to make you want to build a deck that matters with him and search for Blex does enough to be like, this is an option that seems passable at times. And at a mythic yeah. that I can be excited about both faces and purposely, if so, seems great.
0: Okay. Um... We'll, uh, we'll hop on to card two for you, Darth. Or Tron. Yeah, I'm going to mix up names all the time.
1: Sorry. <laughs> well, we've, we've talked about cheating. I'm going to talk about a specific card, but it's more, more leaning on this cycle of cards called the Mastery Cards. So I'm going to talk about Fervent Mastery. It's three and two red for a sorcery at rare. And it has an alternate casting cost. You may pay two and two red rather than pay the spell's cost, the spell's mana cost. If the two and two red version is paid, an opponent discards any number of cards, then draws that many. And then its effect, regardless, is search your library for up to three cards, put them into your hand, then discard three cards at random. So <laughs> this is five mana triple gamble all at once. <laughs> Get all the cards, discard all the cards. Or yeah. four mana, somebody loots as much as they feel like they need to in one spat, you know, discard X, draw X. And mm-hmm. you still triple gamble. So it's it's honestly a card I'm excited to grief myself with, and <laughs> excited to assemble every card I thought I ever needed all at once. Like <laughs> In, in the worst-case scenario, this reads, search for three cards, throw them in your graveyard. Yeah. Which is probably yeah, fine. You like, you can play yeah, yeah, decks yeah. that probably lean yeah. on black also, that, that is great.
2: I'd say in a Rakdos or a Jund deck, that's probably a, a great thing. I think about your gearist deck, Chan, that'd be phenomenal.
1: <laughs> and this kind of cycle mm-hmm. of cards that have this...
0: He does run Gamble.
1: Yeah, this really nice... If I'm willing to make a friend by paying less mana. I I I like that concept. Like, I obviously, with Secret Rendezvous, I like the political aspects of it. And I've really developed a big like for cards that can get people involved on a level that's not playing their deck. Yeah. You know, I want more out of a game than I play my deck, I interact when people try to win instantly. Like I, I want more. I want there to be... Layers to the thought. Granted, Cham has called me out for being, you know, everything's a lie. Group hug's always a lie. They're still trying to win, <laughs> witch hunt kind That's, of thing. I mean, yes, and absolutely, but yeah, making it more complicated for the people who can't see through the nonsense is better for me.
2: Yeah. I yeah, he I'll he's, I'll he's say uh, I'll say in general cuz obviously this is this is part of a cycle. I think there's a mono cycle of rare cards that all yes. have this kind of mechanic where you can opt to pay a lower cost uh but in exchange an opponent gets something out of it. And uh overall I've been impressed with the design I think of all of them. The the black one I like especially well obviously no surprises there. The <laughs> fervent mastery is also very cool. I like the uh, the white one for the boor- the board wipe you know, a, a, a four-mana board wipe that hits everything that's not a land is pretty dope. Even and, if it means giving an opponent a couple things that get saved.
1: <laughs> well, and it's not like they're ineffective. They put them back to their hand. So in some ways, you're going to have opportunities that you can just cast this a four, blow up everything that needs to be blown up, and someone that cheated things into play has to put the cheated things back in their hand that they're just not going to be able to cast now or cheat yeah. back into
2: play. mm
3: mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, I or, feel that or again,
2: one yeah. or or again you you pick the opponent who's got their two mana rocks in play and hasn't really gotten anything else going <laughs> and <laughs> they get their two mana rocks back to <laughs> spare the meek <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, there's, mm-hmm. I really I really like this I hope we see more like this this is just interaction getting to you know choose modes on a car but the mo- modes aren't Two mana, reasonable spell, or a seven mana win the game. You know, Yeah, it's like
0: on a craft. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I would totally play this and Gyrus. Would I play it over gamble though? I don't know.
1: Gamble being at one is very, very different.
2: Uh, I think I think it's better than gamble and gearis just because
0: you get more in the graveyard. Well, you
2: you're, you're yeah. more likely to get more in the graveyard so like if you've already got some things in hand that you'd be like I'd be totally okay if this is in my graveyard and then you go get three other things that you would prefer to have in your graveyard. Now you've just increased your chances that you're going to get at least one maybe two of those things where you want them whereas gamble right like maybe you end up the one land you've got in hand ends up being the card you get pitched. Like the in a classic inversion, you know, the joke about Gamble is that it's always the card that you went and tutored that gets thrown. Well, I would assume in a deck that you really want to throw that card, that would be the one card you don't hit.
0: Oh, yeah. Most of the time <laughs> when I use Gamble, I'm going for the card that I want in the graveyard. In fact, I will often will gamble with Gamble being my only card. So I have no choice but to pitch the card I, I, I searched.
2: Yeah. So I I still and I feel do that on purpose. Yeah, and I still feel in that case, even you know at the lower mana cost of four, then you've got mm-hmm. three big scary threats in the yard instead of just one. Oh
0: yeah, no, I yeah. I yeah I I agree. I I it's definitely up there. Um, because I also run Sire of Insanity in that deck, mm-hmm. so I'm like we're top decking yo, like. There's nothing you can do. And I'm just going to bet that my top decks are going to be just fine yep. as compared to anyone else's. And that's, that's what I like about Gyrus is that he really tries to lock down the card advantage stuff. It's like, no, no hands. No, 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 no. They're like end of every end step, every end step. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's what I tried to do with that one because I, I try to get, eke out the advantage on the field and then keep it. Yeah. And then see how that goes. Um but there are cards I don't want in the graveyard too, occasionally. Like I wouldn't I'd be sad if i got my sun dialed in the graveyard or um there's some there's some creatures that I really don't want to hit in the graveyard because they're just not worth it. They're not the same like Ilharg. Ilharg's really hard to wanting a gra- graveyard and he's in that deck right and there there, there was a lot of like options because i can't just go full graveyard with gyrus because the moment someone locks out your graveyard you're screwed
2: i'm glad so, i'm glad you mentioned that that'll be an excellent segue so
0: <laughs> oh <laughs> speaking of which uh i guess you're up <laughs>
2: So so just one quick preface for your listeners, because I mentioned this to both of you beforehand. Uh, while I, mm-hmm. while I, overall I'm impressed with Strixhaven as a set, uh, specifically the Quandrix and Prismari schools do not appeal to my particular play style at all. So while I'm not saying there weren't good cards from those schools included in the set, very few of them really interest me. So my list is stilted pretty heavy in my wheelhouse, which of course, mono black overruling all and then the two schools that involve black and their color identities and then everybody well i would assume your listeners have figured out that i also have a soft spot for boros because my brother is a big boros player uh so my my second pick is callous blood mage two generic and a black for a vampire warlock at rare you get a two one body and when callous blood mage enters the battlefield you choose one You can either create a 1-1 black and green pest creature token that has when this creature dies, you gain one life. You may draw a card and lose one life, or you may exile target player's graveyard. So this put me in mind of uh, Vindictive Lich, and obviously not quite as good as Vindictive Lich, but also, I believe, two mana less, uh, and still has three extremely relevant Enter the Battlefield triggers, and it's modal, uh, which makes it great for flicker decks, makes it obviously fantastic for reanimator decks. I mean, the Tormod's crypt Mm -hmm. effect is is having that on on a body you can potentially recur and use against multiple opponents. That alone would be phenomenal. But the fact that in a case where you're not up against decks that don't care about their graveyards, you have two other extremely relevant options. Uh, it's very versatile flexible it's right at that sweet spot at three mana there are a lot of reanimator effects and a lot of uh, especially even in white uh, that care about 3c well sorry three mana value or less uh, so I, <laughs> I just think overall this is a this is a real home run of a card uh, i also made a special note that it is a warlock and i'm calling i'm calling my shot now ahead of the d d set where warlock is an incredibly popular class for in 5e uh, oh, yeah. th- this set already brought yeah. a big infusion of warlock super type creatures I'm willing to bet that we're going to see a lot more warlocks in the future so call that shot now
1: well the 15 cards mm. I can see on screen 4 of them are creature something warlock <laughs> so
3: <laughs> hmm, I think <laughs> it has legs <laughs> hmm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> seem to be on to something there yeah I don't like warlocks. <laughs> <laughs> you liked the Galamimus
1: warlock that worshipped the comet ending to dinosaurs. <laughs> oh, now that have you, have you heard about that
0: one, Matt? I, His, I um, think so. Because we were, we were like, okay, so dinosaur, like dinosaurs are classes from D&D, yeah. right? And we were like, what? what is what? So we were like, you know, some pretty generic ones. <laughs> Like raptor rogue duh. stuff like T-rex that. T Rex bard playing like, the harp because he
1: can barely reach. <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, so if we were just having fun with it. But the the Gallimimus, uh, warlock that that his patron is the asteroid that's going to decimate all the dinosaurs. <laughs> that's cool. And he's just the villain. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I can dig that. We
0: had so much fun. That's a good one. So much fun.
1: But on a serious note, yeah, it, I like the card. Like, definitely flexibility is great. Flickering is great. And
3: mm-hmm.
1: I like that they got to put some powerful things and still got to put the, well, you know, I'm a vampire warlock. I'm mono black, but I am a Witherbloom card. Here's my past effect. Right. Without keeping my identity green black, you know, keeping the identity of the card black does a lot
0: for its playability.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yep, I mean, in it... that, uh, it would slot great into yeah. into any number of aristocrat de- decks because of the ability to bring two bodies into play with one card. Uh, again, the, there's tons. Of, I mean, a, a single turn of a Phyrexian Arena, nobody's going to be sad about that. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, yeah. in the situations where it matters, being able to, to drop a body and exile someone's graveyard, that's going to be huge.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And then if you sack it sure. and reanimate it and do it to the other opponent, who cares about their graveyard? That's a blowout.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I also. Uh, I mean, just having that that exile target player's graveyard shuts down so many attacks too. Yeah. As just as your utility, a three mana just like hey, buy like unless they can stop it, obviously, but like it is.
2: But I feel but I feel like turning a three mana two one into a must counter <laughs> that's yeah that's a pretty good situation to be in.
0: <laughs> no, it is, it is. And for you know, for certain decks at least, right? Some right. decks would be like, Yeah, I don't I don't really care. Yeah.
2: Bor- Boros
0: is like, eh, whatever. I don't know. Hey.
2: Boros from this set <laughs> is <laughs> about graveyard shifting. So, you know, this set, <laughs> well, Lorehold. No, in this set, yes. Boros yeah. in general, <laughs> Boros doesn't care. Lord does. General. There we go. That there you go. That's that's the correct way to to phrase that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Um I like that it's a vampire. A good, it's a good fit in some mono black vampire decks, that's for sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately I, I don't know. He's got the utility and a 2-1 might be an aggressive enough body. I don't know about 3 mana but I, I feel like uh, and don't get me wrong, I love Edgar Markov but I, I I do hate that Edgar has warped vampires as a tribe around Mardu and that trying to build vampires in something that's not Mardu with him at the helm feels a little bad. Not that you can't do it, not that you can't make it good, but
0: I I still like Annawan. Annawan oh. is a commander, so uh, so mean Cla- sometimes.
2: Classic Anawan, uh, He's just a really nice design. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So like having one and have this guy, it's just like, "Hey, we're just going to be an ass the whole game." It's like <laughs> you can't have creatures, and so now you can't bring them back and yeah. I, I don't know. That's that's where my brain went with it. Is Anawan more than Edgar or anyone like that? Yeah. Um, mono black. Okay. Uh, so Cal's blood mage. I almost picked that one to be honest. Oh, uh, it's a good one. It seems pretty good. So for uh, my next one, I'm going to do a black white card. Uh, an enchantment even. So it's not like a big beat up monster, like usual. Um, dramatic finale. So uh, hybrid white and black four times, because I'm not going to say that four times. <laughs> it just...
2: You just say... or Hybrid
0: white, black, hybrid white, black. <laughs> yeah, Orzhov no um, times four. <laughs> yeah, Orzhov times four. There you go. Uh, An enchantment that says creature tokens you control get 1-1. One, one. Um, as you can see, there's a little bit of a theme for me. I like lords. I like giving stuff 1-1. One, one. It's kind of cool. Um, whenever uh, one or more cr- non-token creatures you control die, create two one, white and black uh, inkling creature tokens with flying. The This ability triggers only once each turn. So basically, this is your I dare you to board wipe me. I dare you. It doesn't work because, that way. Uh, Whenever a non-creature
2: dies... Oh, no. Dies, Cha- Chauncey's right. It it says one or more, so it, it, takes, it takes it as a single snapshot, so a board wipe would net you one token. Aw, oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Now, now, like, uh... A, a deck that chains, like, the sacrifice outlets? Uh, I think you'd be in business there.
1: Yeah, I think this quickly went from something he
2: cares about to not... <laughs> 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 I don't.
0: That doesn't make sense to me, honestly. Well, it says it, um, it says
2: one or more. So if they no, I get it. Yeah, if they die I, as a, and as
0: what a you're s- trying to say is there's different death triggers. I get that. Yeah, but they all happen simultaneously in my brain. That's where my brain. Yeah, is. that's why
1: it says one or more.
0: And I and so why if they happen simultaneously? Okay, no, so but then that's
1: you have three creatures in play. They all die at once.
0: I understand that you're saying there are three different triggers. I get that. I know that. And that's why it doesn't work. Because it's three different creatures dying and you can only do it once. But the wording on this confuses me. I think it's... Because of that. I get what you're saying. Like, Because what situation does more happen? In more, what situation do you get more than one? More
2: happens on a board wipe. A singular, A singular card results in multiple creatures dying if you have an effect like like say you've got a grave pact in play whenever whenever one of your creatures dies each opponent sacks a creature and so then that creates multiple triggers as opposed to a board wipe just kills everything one time even though it affects multiple creatures
1: And it's honestly kind of covered by this only triggers once each turn. So, even yeah. without that one or more, the only once each turn covers it. It feels like, I don't know why they had to do it that way, it feels a little redundant. That yeah. no matter what you do, no matter how hard you try, you're getting one token out of me in a yeah. turn.
0: That's still
2: strong. It's fine.
0: That's still... St- yeah. Because that, that, if you lay that down, anyth- anything that dies is coming back as... As a 3-2? With flying. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think you I could... mean, that's, that's... Sorry, go ahead, champ.
0: Even even the name, Dramatic Finale, sounds like all of them coming back. It's so... Misleading. Yeah,
2: and it doesn't help that
1: like the, the flavor text, too, is the enraptured audience barely noticed their programs were suddenly blank because the ink on the programs is coming to live, and it's all of them, not some.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's... I mean the wizard, you wizard, <laughs> you fucked up. You fucked up. the The art is really right. the art is really cool. Uh, at four mana, I mean, you think Glorious Anthem is three for, although the fact that that specifically hits tokens, I I still say you could probably build a deck that could take the most advantage of it. But yeah, it's not quite as sweet as obviously it's not as sweet as what you were hoping. I feel it does well, some work, either too. either way,
0: with... this is strong in a token deck. There either are way. some mm-hmm.
2: things that
1: make tokens that care about devotion. The, That's true. The mm-hmm. There are two white creatures now that make a 1-1 token for each white devotion. Yeah. The six-mana, yeah, uh, like, evangelist guy, and there's, like, a same thing, but he's, like, a five-mana and maybe a smaller body.
2: So... Uh... Right. I think is it is it Cloud Goat Ranger that oh, has yeah, Chroma? I'm... I'm gonna be really there, there's big an on older, cards with Chroma. <laughs> there's an older card that has chroma that's basically the same deal, and then yeah, Devout Devout Evangelist or something like that.
1: So you have like more than one token heavy card that looks yeah. as this is curving before it and goes great for more devotion. And white black tokens yes. is something that'd be nice to see more of as like a theme across the table instead of just mm-hmm. Well, we can look for... Black, uh, white, yeah. Exquisite Blood, Sanguine Bond, because <laughs> we have the Enchantment Tutor colors and all the Tutor Tutors.
0: Hey, I I have the gain life one, not the lose life if I gain life one. Guy oh, I know. this.
1: I play nice. This purposely to scare people. <laughs> yeah. Five mana, waste your turn, because you also, think I'm going to combo. <laughs>
0: Also, just so I can gain life if they let it go. I mean, that's beneficial too. Um, well, well, I will say, if it didn't have white in it, I would have almost considered this in Gyrus because I do have some token stuff in there because Gyrus brings back things as a token. Mm-hmm. So just making it a little stronger is cool. And then, you know, backing up what dies, you know, once a turn, apparently. Um, Cause I did, I did have that wrong, but um, even then, like once a turn, you lose something. Like sacrifice decks too, like where you're sacrificing creatures. Well, hey, I'm gonna replace it with a three-two.
2: And and you're, and you're in the colors of, of. Cheap creatures that have built-in recursion, like your Grave Crawlers and uh, Bloodgast. You're also, again, we talked about white having a lot of really easy to access reanimate effects that care about non-token creatures with CMC three or less. Uh, there's the mm. one uncommon from Kaladesh that has a uh, shoot. What was the mechanic from that one that you could create Servo tokens or put one-one counters on it when it enters? Improvise, I think. Improvise, yeah. So that there's a zero one, there's a three mana zero one in black that has improvised two. So you can basically, I mean, it's essentially a, a what's the goblin card? The three mana goblin card that creates three one one goblins. It's it's three bodies for three mana, and one of those bodies mm-hmm. one of those bodies is gonna be non token, and so then that gives you a, a ready sacrifice target to then cash that in for a three, two flyer with this in play. And that's going to feel pretty okay. And then again, especially if you've got some of those, some of those engines going to, to keep recurring it back, even something like a Phyrexian reclamation that lets you bring it back to hand and you just recast it the next turn.
0: Yeah. So it's, it's slower than I thought. Um, also still bad, bad bad naming. Um, it's slower than I thought, but it's still, it's still beneficial for sure. Oh yeah. Um, it's it's um, it's an interesting card, and a, a lot of a lot of the cards I picked tonight are, are going to fit a theme, uh, as you'll see. <laughs> 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 so so yeah, it, it fits right in right in that theme, but it wouldn't it wouldn't be a usable in a commander sense, but in like a, if I were to play a standard, this would be in that deck. Yeah. So, okay. Um, that was my second one. So, uh, we'll just move on to number three, Johns.
1: I, I've taken a legendary to not talk about building, but I just I couldn't not talk about our five-color card. Cody, Vociferous Codex. The three <laughs> mana for a legendary artifact creature construct at rare. He's a 1-4. He, his first line I'm going to skip. I'm going to read the rest of the card and then come back to his first line. Four tap colon add Wooberg. When you cast your next spell this turn, exile cards from the top of your library until you exile an instant or sorcery card with lesser mana value. Until end of turn, you may cast that card without paying its mana cost. Put each other card exiled this way in the bottom of your library in random order. The first line of text is you can't cast permanent spells. <laughs>
3: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I think it's hilarious. I think they had a concise card and they found the way to make it not crazy. I'm <laughs> I've had a Lucky Charms deck, the you know, modal cards that have the word charm on them for a long time now. And it started as Progenitus because it was funny. Ramos felt too good for the seriousness level of it. But I think Cody is the rework it deserves in its soul. Get all the permanent spells out. Probably have to put in some spells that make blockers so you don't just die. But, like, it feels. It has, like, a theme to me that I'm thinking, like, you open up the magical spell book, you flip to a random page, and hope it's interesting. Yeah. (laughs) And I honestly will justify probably any five color commander till the end of time, but. I do actually like this one. I think
2: it's really cool. So I'll admit when I, when I saw Cody, it felt too cheesy, maybe too, like I, I didn't, I didn't really give it. I saw that you can't cast permanents. I was like, okay, they're, they've given us kind of a wonky, silly card just for the hell of it. And that's not usually my style. Uh, so I, I just kind of gave it short shrift, but I don't know if you guys have watched or seen, but uh, Commander's Quarters did a deck build for Cody that's essentially adapting the modern living in deck to a Commander deck using <laughs> Cody. <laughs> and I have to admit, that sounded pretty freaking cool to me. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. I maybe didn't give this enough credit when I first read it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Yeah, it'll. It's really nice that you don't lose anything by using its ability too. Yes. Yeah, yeah you your cards just go back in the library. <laughs> you're not wasting the cards you're not hitting or whatnot.
1: Yeah, it's like a weird version of Cascade.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a safe cascade. Well, I, I mean, mean
2: Cascade does that too. You you put whatever you don't hit on the bottom of your library in a random way. Well, word.
1: The the big point being like you're limited to instant and sorcery only, and because of the wording yeah. here until end of turn, you have to follow the timing. Yes. So if we're mm-hmm. we're probably not activating him on someone else's turn unless we're like very instant heavy.
2: Yeah. Or, or is unless this you got the uh, unless you cast Vidalcan Ori before you put him into play.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like there's a
2: or there's There are some instants, too, that let you cast things as though they had flash. Oh, yeah,
1: there's Quicken. The yeah. Next sorcery can be cast mm-hmm. in instant speed. And there's part of me that wants to build this deck with only colorless mana sources. And <laughs> using him as the only... Like, it's awful. Because, yeah. like, he has a three drop, so we would want to ramp at growth and things like that. Like, we still want to ramp. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is, like the meat of the deck is green to get some of those basic things. And maybe some of the green blue card draw, but then it can just be like, let's spin the wheel. Cause definitely in lucky charm deck. I just like the idea of being like, okay, well we're going to Grixis charm to make combat math bad. And ooh, look a Boros charm combat math. is even worse.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I do think he's a good fit for your lucky charms deck. That is, that will be awful. I really do not look forward to playing that.
1: <laughs> I mean it'll be kind of a fun Rebuild too because that deck's always meant to be fun And there's some things about it That feel very like tiresome like Especially with uh, Ramos Like it got to I can kill somebody If I untap yeah. with him and I have access To get him to f- five counters I can Pay five mana, get five counters Make w- double wooberg, Cast uh, Conflux Leave red white um... As the mana unspent Boris Charm him, he kills somebody with 22 commander damage if they can't block. Oh, gosh. Because yeah. Conflux puts yeah, five counters back on and Boris Charm puts two on to make him 11 power. Yeah. Like. No thanks. It's hoops. <laughs> it's having Conflux and casting Conflux. But I did it enough and it felt dunky enough that I'm happy to have <laughs> something more whimsy. And to yeah. rebuild the deck because of it.
2: Yeah.
0: Hmm. Okay. There you go. Cody. It's really funny because it's like a little Banjo-Kazooie book. Oh, it has an
1: eyeball <laughs> like the art's great.
0: Yeah.
1: I really hope my, my extra packs and stuff I open, I get like a borderless of him. Might be something I splurge on later mm-hmm. too.
0: All right, so uh, number three for Matt.
2: Yeah, so my third one, again, kind of continuing the trend, not just in terms of being mono-black, also being yet another warlock. Uh, I actually didn't realize that Mm -hmm. until I was double-checking the card. Uh, Auric Lore Mage, two generic and two black for a human warlock at rare. It is a 3-3 body Mm -hmm. with a tap ability. Tap and search your library for a card put it into your graveyard, then shuffle. If it's an instant or sorcery card, put a plus one plus one counter on Auric Lore Mage. So I just feel like there's any number of decks, obviously in mono black, but I, I feel like any deck that runs black that does anything at all with the graveyard, this is this is something that a lot of those decks have been dreaming about. It, it's a body mm-hmm. that lets you just tutor for what you want, put it straight into your graveyard. Uh, any number of terrible, awful things will come out of this if it's allowed to untap and you can start using that ability. And then if you stack it probably in a Grixis deck where you can include some untap shenanigans and you can do it multiple times and start assembling combos that way. I mean, him potentially getting bigger is gravy that you don't even need because I really doubt... I, I'm sure there'll be some corner cases, but I doubt very much you're going to be swinging with him very often. You're going to be using that ability every turn mm. to look for the scariest thing you, you want and putting it in your graveyard. And the fact that it does it one at a time means your opponents have to really measure out. We Talking about Callous Blood Mage is potentially being repeatable because our standbys are Jukobog and and uh, Tormod's Crypt. There's a couple other effects that can, obviously you've got like scavenging ooze. There are some things that can deal with stuff in the graveyard, but if your opponents are sitting on like a single graveyard exile effect, they've got to really meter when they want to use it because this guy, if they can't get rid of this guy, then you can just start filling it up as soon as they exile it again.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. You could do, you could do any number of things. I'm not going to lie. This this guy looks pretty good for Gyrus as well. Because <laughs> um, Gyrus, you know, he he wants about five or six like really big hitters in the graveyard. Yep. Um that you know, that all all would be beneficial in, you know, exiling like heck, even um what what's the what's the bug that I like to use Queen. I can't remember its name right now.
2: Colossal Adiphage. Oh, Adiphage. Yeah.
0: yeah. Adiphage. Or, yeah, I think it's, I think it's just called
2: I think it's just called Giant Adiphage, isn't it? I think so. It's a seven yeah, seven that makes seven seven Step. tokens of itself.
0: Yeah. If it deals combat damage uh, to a player, it makes a copy of itself. Yeah. And yeah, getting that in the graveyard with this guy—that's gravy. That is just gravy. Um, and then when people like get rid of it, and I'm like, cool. Now Craterhoof, cool. Now Hornet Queen, cool. Like, like there's all sorts of things that just like whenever I want to hit to hit the graveyard, um, I'm I'm down I'm down for this card. I like it. I think,
1: you know, I think a lot of the times about something interesting being acting like a hit or miss engine, like the old cars, you know, and tuk 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 tuk. So it's like kind of a clacky contraption that sometimes it works. I really think of this card, Mm -hmm. red black spell slinging. I've had a... Uh, what is it even called? Oathbreaker deck. That I used the 5-mana mm, Jaya. And her partnered spell is Mizzix Mastery. Because I'm just using her ability to make mana and pitch cards. To throw a bunch of direct burn spells like Lightning Bolt and Shock in the graveyard. Yeah, And then it's, all I'm doing is like I'm going to overload a Mizzix Mastery. And it's probably going to be good enough to kill a couple people. Like, <laughs> that feels like the spark in the fire to make that a commander deck. You're just yeah. tossing it in the graveyard every turn, and eventually it's just... Get your Mizzix Mastery. You'll have a way to get out of your graveyard if you need it. And overload it, and watch people go... Well, it never looked like you were doing anything, but now that <laughs> you've cast, your damage is doubled, Lightning Bowl, maybe run Mardu to get to Lightning Helix, just... It's fragile. It's goofy. It's probably in quotation marks bad, but I think it'd be really yeah. fun. the The time that you get somebody with it, because it's gonna be so slow and so awful. As soon as they die to it, it's gonna be <laughs> hilarious.
2: And it, mm-hmm. yeah. And to me, it kind of straddles and and I don't know. I don't know that this is the correct way to think about things, but this is ever since I first started getting into magic and playing commander. I've always kind of run the thought process like what's my what's my fail case? And I feel like the the fail case with a creature is you cast it and someone instantly removes it. So at 4 mana to cast this and someone's like oh hell no and and feels they immediately need, need to burn removal on it. I don't feel like it hurts you as much. Like it it's a great enabler, but but in a in a well-built deck, your deck will still be able to do what it does with Anyway, and so then, kind of getting your opponent to waste removal on on a on a four mana three three feels pretty good, even as a as like a worst case scenario. And then, like I said, best case scenario, if you get to untap with the dagon thing and get to use it once or twice, then you're probably you're probably coming out ahead.
1: Indeed. Hmm. Warlock Conspiracy okay. Count up by one
0: <laughs> <laughs> Okay Um So it brings that to My number three Mine's mine's misnumbered So that's It's uh There we go My number three Well cause I, I listed the last one first Unfortunately Um so, uh, I have a Confront the Past X and Swamp for a Sorcery Lesson. Choose one. Return target Planeswalker card with mana value X or less from the graveyard to the battle- battlefield. Or remove twice X loyalty counters from target Planeswalker and opponent controls. Um, I like the idea of do I want to bring back um Do I want to bring back a planeswalker? Which we don't have a lot of um planeswalker revival, I think.
2: It's still fairly there... it's still fairly rare. There's been uh, I think there's been one or two that have cared about lower CMCs.
1: We have um yeah. El, the um saga Eldest Reborn can get a planeswalker yeah.
2: back. There's it's yeah.
1: sparse but it does exist.
2: Yes, yeah.
0: And um, uh, the other one is uh, remove twice X loyalty counters from target planeswalker and control, uh, opponent controls. I'm all for that. I am all for that. Just dunking someone's planeswalker with the counters. Don't let them get through the combat tricks or anything. Just be like, no, you're not halting. No, not next turn. Not any turn. Goodbye. Because, like, you get to double it. You could pay three mana, and it's like four loyalty counters, and that, that'll kill a lot of planeswalkers.
1: It'll be um, six, right? He's talking about like, two and a black X twice. Yeah. oh, oh four. yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you you'd remove four counters. Yes. Um, I like that, and on top of that, it's a lesson. So like, hey, whenever you could do that lesson thing, you just get rid of it if you don't need this card.
2: I don't know. We'll learn work that way in Commander because we don't have sideboards. We
1: don't have outside of the game access. I'm thinking it just doesn't function. Learn, just have you know, to, as a keyword. I was that.
0: I was under the the impression it would come from your hand, but yeah, it is outside of the game. Yeah, access. you may reveal yeah.
1: when you learn. You may reveal a lesson card you own from outside of the game and put it into your hand, or discard a card to draw a card. So in Commander, learn is. I think you still keep. You it's may. Dear discard a card to draw
0: a card. Right, and that's the way I saw it anyways. You could just discard a card and draw a card. I mean, this card
1: is probably okay. Like, if you're willing to want to revive a Planeswalker as part of something you care about, it's probably passable. I, on concept, have to hate the card because it has Gideon in the artwork.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and we want Gideon to stay dead. He's been dead for how many sets now?
1: And someone did give me the I little mean, heart palpitation of, well, oh, this is a card about reviving a planeswalker with a picture of Gideon. I was like, don't you say dirty things to me. Don't you
2: do it.
0: <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, he is dead. So he's just in, he's just in the mirror, right? She's looking in the past. Well, unfortunately, you're, you're safe.
2: Elspeth was dead also, too. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but we went into hell and got her back.
1: Yeah, Gideon's um, from the same plane, so or a was bitch. or it's from that yeah, plane also... that that happened. She wasn't from there.
0: I one hundred percent picked this just because it has Gideon. <laughs> <laughs> you are
2: not
1: that far from me. We, we can throw down right now so, if you want.
2: <laughs> so, so I will say it. It does seem like Super Friends has never been an archetype that I've really been interested in just because the right. games that I've played against that deck have been really obnoxious. they, they It's really long and grindy and aggravating. I, I do think most Super Friends decks that have access to black are going to want this because, again, the ability, mm. if, you, if you drop that bomb Planeswalker that gets answered right away, having the ability to bring it back is going to be something you're interested in. And then if you are up against an opponent that is also running any Planeswalkers of any count uh looking at daddy carn or some of the other like must again the must answers then i think as a removal spell it's good enough the sorcery speed obviously hurts it a lot but i think that's i, I don't think they had any other choice there the the idea of returning a planeswalker yeah that'd be too strong yeah returning a yeah. planeswalker at instant speed from the graveyard is probably just too much
0: i will say um I don't think this is a good enough to put into to Gyrus, but there are situations in which I look at this uh, first ability and I'm like, I totally want that mm-hmm. because um, there's not a lot of good ways in that deck to get back Planeswalkers, and I have a few, uh, especially Xenagos. Um, yeah, right? and Xenagos is a great way for me to keep mana going. Right, even if it's not a lot of mana, it's a lot. It's a good way to keep me going if I sort of fizzle out on mana. Um, and there's a lot of times where you know it gets killed and then suddenly i i just i'm not able to do what i was wanting to do right but i I don't have quite enough to do the big because the problem with that deck is like you you can't it's not like my my old xenogod deck where i would like just constantly swing out at a person eliminate them move on to the next person constantly swing out like you can't just target removal with gyrus gyrus you have to play a lot back and then go forward real hard against everyone because you're going to get knocked out with gyrus He's, he's not he's not as great of a combat deck as some of the other ones i built so having the ability to sort of like fix some situations that got hurt and if i'm behind that might work granted i'm gonna have to pay six mana to get him back but sometimes it is a case where i need like you know a total of 12 mana or something to get everything going so
1: i think in that scenario you just play regrowth just two mana get any card you want out of your graveyard and put it in your <laughs> i
0: i know that and that's why i also have some other i have the elf that do, does that but um when it enters the battlefield um which guys can get really easily because it's that's what the three drop so as long as guys it's four you get it back but um and i also have there was the oh some sort of worm that when it hits a does combat damage to a player you return a card from the graveyard channel
1: horde worm i think
0: charnel yeah Charnel. Charnel. charnel
2: okay Charnel Horde.
0: Yeah, the Charnel Horde. So I I already have ways to get things back, and it could be anything. It doesn't have to be. Actually, no, Charnel Horde might be a creature, though. It's um, a it's
2: a Jun creature, if my memory serves. Well,
1: he's just saying it I'm might no, I'm only, saying only return it, it can, a creature. i think
0: it it might only return a creature. Is my thought, but uh. I don't. I to go look it up, but it definitely um, the elf gives you back a card. So like I have other ways to do this very thing, but um, there are cases where it's hard to bring back a planeswalker in general, and there are some planeswalkers that I would like to have that I didn't, or if I accidentally pitch one with my gamble, I'm like, shit, I got, I needed that, like, or something like that, where I have I accidentally, accidentally pitch stuff all the time, especially I, I don't know, running sire of insanity, yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that. So there, there's fringe cases, but I, I again, like I said at the beginning of this, I don't think it makes the cut. Yeah, but it's interesting.
2: I, I think, uh, yeah, I think outside of a super friends deck, it's probably a little too situational unless, unless you know your play group runs a lot of planeswalkers.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I, yeah, there's certain decks that I would go up against that I would love to have this card oh, yeah. in that deck. I, I would just love just to, no, I don't care about your Planeswalker shenanigans. I hate you. Go away. Uh, it, one thing that comes to mind is, uh, Chauncey's, uh, Gorgon deck. Really hate that one. <laughs> what is it? Um, the one where you make the death touch, like the player death touch tokens. On the ultimate?
2: Vraska. Oh. Um,
0: the Vraska? I
1: don't... I guess that's in something. I don't remember what I guess. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, you've got me with that ability several times. <laughs>
2: uh, for the record, Charnel Hordeworm can get you anything, not just creatures.
0: Okay. See?
2: It slices and dices. Oh, yes. It's a beautiful art, Which too. Nice. It's just the same at 7 mana for a 6-6 six, six trampler. It's just not quite...
0: It's not quite enough.
2: Most of the time.
0: I mean, guys oh. just brings it back and oh, we yeah. go to town. And then with Sundial, it's super fun. Because I get to keep it. If that's the case. But you have to have the Sundial to keep it. Because uh, it goes away at the end of combat, not the end of turn. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep. So, there you go. Confront the Past. Uh, next card. Um, Chance, you're up.
1: Well, I will move into a few commander cards because kind of set together. I'm going to go with Ink Shield. Three white black for an instant at rare. Prevent all combat damage that would be dealt to you this turn. For each one damage prevented this way, create a 2 1 white and black flying inkling token. Uh, Silver Elite leader known how to offer a seething rebuttal without uttering a word. It's a fog think you probably kill someone because. Yeah. I mean, that's high end. But you know, I I enjoy this kind of I think it's Selfless Squire. The four mana flash white body that fogs for you and then each point of damage you block with it you get a counter on him. Yeah. So it's it's in that vein, but it gives us that kind of silver quill inkling theme. To a get your fog and it doesn't even have to be that lethal. Like preventing ten damage gives you ten two oh, yeah. ones with flying. If you're kind of in on having tokens or flyers or sacrifice fodder,
0: or you got that that ball and dramatic finale. There you go. Right. There are there, three twos. It, oh. it puts
1: my my ha- same happiness I have from stuff like. Uh, deflecting palm.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: I just, I mean, it seems natural in, in again, a silver quill slash orzob deck that you, you might be on the aristocrats game of like pinging everybody to death with, with a blood artist and Zulaport cutthroat and all those kind of effects, and this just gives you a ton of fuel. You combine this with a sack outlet, not only do you keep them from killing you. But then, like you said, you load up your board with a bunch of readily disposable bodies.
1: And sometimes it'll just be hilarious because they're like, well, I'm going to kill everybody. And you're like, well, except for me. And thank you for swinging (laughs) 68 because your life just got bad.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I I admit I like this one, too.
0: The, the, The one downside, it is only combat damage, so... Big blasting effects that you know just hit everybody wouldn't help. But oh sure, I mean
2: swinging out with combat. But, yeah, but we all know that Zenogod or a uh, Gurus player who just loves to like try to slam a giant army of things into you, and then you just prevent fifty damage yeah, but, and get fifty tokens and destroy them in the air the next turn. It's pretty great.
0: <laughs> yeah, but also always runs Chandras ignition. As well. <laughs> Which is the creature doing damage, not in combat. Uh-huh. I mean, it doesn't do
1: everything, but... There you go. I like this yeah. kind of evolution over the last probably ten years at this point. You know, just fogs that do more.
0: Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It's true. Okay um matt what's your next one
2: all right so my number four is very much a pet card um one creature type that i have always really been drawn to and really enjoyed is golems and so my pick is triplicate titan uh for nine generic mana it is an artifact creature golem at rare it has flying vigilance and trample for a nine nine body And when Triplicate Titan dies, create a 3-3 Colorless Golem Artifact token with Flying, a 3-3 Colorless Golem Artifact creature token with Vigilance, and a 3-3 Colorless Golem Artifact creature token with Trample. Uh, So I simultaneously love and hate this card, (laughs) because this is another example to me of wizards trying desperately to fix a card that they don't like, and just falling so short. Like there's no reason at all this shouldn't just be a reprint of Worm Coil engine in these commander decks. First and foremost, that's absolutely what it should be, is just a reprint of Worm Coil engine. They refuse to put a twenty plus dollar mythic artifact in a in a pre con commander deck. So instead they design a brand new nine mana, nine nine, that breaks into three golems with three different keywords, none of which are lifelink or death touch when it dies. But I love golems enough that I'm still happy about these kind of like break-apart golems. Uh, We got the uh, Phyrexian Triniform in the Commander Legends set, which was very similar. It was, I think it was still nine mana and still broke into three different golems. So between those three, Coil, uh, Phyrexian Triniform, and Triplicate Titan, that's three giant artifact bodies that can become a massive army of three three tokens and then with a little bit of pumping mm-hmm. you've got a pretty significant board presence. I still really I still really like it, even though I'm disappointed it's not just a reprint of Worm Coil Engine which is what it should have been.
1: <laughs> I feel it. Okay. Like I look at this card originally and it was like it costs nine. What are we doing to cheat this into play? <laughs> look, Yeah. I don't want to cast yeah. this.
2: No. But, I mean, most most artifact-heavy decks, like, for me, my, my Golem deck is still kind of a work in progress, especially since I haven't been able to play in person the last year. Uh, it was always kind of my dream to eventually transition my Atraxa deck uh, into, a, into a Golem tribal deck, uh, taking advantage of, you know, doubling season and parallel lives, kind of double up on tokens, and then run some of the Phyrexian cards to kind of give it that flavor. And so now again, I think we do, mm-hmm. I think we have kind of hit that critical mass with golem creatures that that's going to be very doable and it'll be it'll be good. Which, you know, you don't need much to make an attractor deck good.
0: True.
1: Yeah, but I feel you're, you're like maybe if this was flying life link and death touch, then maybe it would matter as much.
2: But... Like a like a slight upgrade to worm coil, even even at nine mana. I, I it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a competitive staple if it was 9 mana and had the exact same keywords plus one more and still made three tokens you know what i mean so yeah that that was my that was my biggest frustration is that it's clearly an attempt to quote unquote fix wormcoil engine and it just falls none of those keywords are as relevant as what death touch and lifelink are
1: I mean, I guess it's a card that like sneak attack, get your nine damage in, and then you're left with your yeah. bodies. But
2: I do, I do really like the art, the chimera vibe that they gave it.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. and I do kind of like the idea that you can kind of see the the bird head would be the flying, the dude with the spears yeah. vigilant, the
2: bull, and then the bull is trample.
1: Yeah, it's very cohesive, yeah. but it's just unexciting overall. I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know. You see a nine-nine flying vigilant trample thing on the other side of the board. It's a problem, either way you look at it. It's a problem.
1: Speaking of the things that you hate, I think every other card that's printed that costs nine is scarier than this. Most of them are
2: probably <laughs> yeah. I think you're. I think you're correct about that.
0: I understand that, but by itself. Nine nine flying and Vigilance and Trample is a problem. I mean, the Demon at Death's Gate is a nine nine flying Trample, and that was bad.
2: Yeah, but but that also comes packaged with a with a way to put it into play much earlier. By now, itself, again, because without very, help,
0: very true. Yeah. yeah. Now, now again, well, no, it needs help.
1: You need three creatures. I'm just you need saying, like, it yes. gives you the extra condition. You don't need to look for it.
2: Yeah. Right. But again, this being an artifact costing only generic mana, uh it it's as easy as it can be to cheat it into play.
3: Yeah.
2: It also doesn't have any of the of the shuffle restrictions, you know, it's not scary enough to have to worry about putting a trigger on it when it goes to the graveyard, you could pitch it straight away. Uh I mean Felden right. of the Third Path could do a lot with this.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, just a quick snippet of things that cost nine that are awful. (laughs) Uh, We have Zakama, the Ur Dragon, Void Winner, Expropriate,
0: guys, Rise of the Dark (laughs) Realms. By itself, it's still a lot of power in the air, okay? With Vigilance and Trample. I understand, yes, if you're paying that much mana, you might as well go bigger for that kind of thing. But A, there's themes. B, it's in a set that's kind of dealing... Okay, so, again, another another reason for dramatic finale to, to actually do something. Because if you have dramatic finale on the field with this guy, you're now creating three 4-4s four and a two, another flying 3-2. It's just...
1: If I look at this card and I know in my soul, I'm not casting this, I'm cheating this in. Go bigger. Yeah. (laughs) The nine mana that I'm never...
0: What if you're playing a golem deck and you have ten mana on board? There's always going (laughs) to be a scenario
1: (laughs) that a bad card feels good. Yeah. I don't necessarily sold on this being I don't, bad. I don't see
0: this as a bad card. I think you guys are boo-hooing. No,
1: I'm just <laughs> saying, you will always have a scenario that a bad card is good. I don't necessarily think this is bad, but saying it's castable and there will be times that it is the thing that does the most for you, yeah, that's true about every card.
2: Well, but but to Chance's point, the times when this will do the most for you will be the times when you can cheat it into play. There There is probably not a scenario... Where you're paying legitimate nine mana, unless you've assembled Urzatron on like turn three or something, you know it. There's not going to be a lot of plenty of ramp decks. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's not going to be a lot of situations where you legitimately pay nine mana for this, and you're like, that was the best thing I could have done.
1: <laughs> and like we like we talked about, we have the Trinaform, oh. we have the nine mana nine nine that dies and makes three three threes. Like, yeah upgrade this make it the 12 mana that makes five 3/3s three or something because it's so much mana like
2: or even if they left it at a 9/9 sure. nine, nine for 9 make it a mythic give it give it double strike give it you know something scarier i mean the the flying and trample is a double evasion so there's a good chance it's getting through for something the vigilance mm-hmm. is nice cuz it keeps it leaves it up as a blocker and it leaves value behind it when it dies but again, unless you've got a, a method that you can kind of loop it over and over and create a ton of bodies off of it, it it can only attack one player at a table that presumably has three opponents that you're facing. Maybe you know, maybe if they'd uh, use this as an opportunity to reprint reprint, uh, um, oh shoot, myriad. This might have been a good candidate for that. You know, the three-headed aspect.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I'm just gonna say. If I still had my Zenigos deck, just be in there. 100%. (laughs) Because also, I don't use Eldrazi. Because fuck Eldrazi. (laughs) Like, I don't like them. It's a principle thing. Not that it wouldn't be good. But I would totally use this. Uh, I used... um,
2: Oh, I have every intention All of, of, of putting it in my Golem deck, but, I, but I'm going to have no illusions about about why I'm putting it in my Golem deck. <laughs> it's got that saucy yeah, creature type. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> now, but I mean, like, in a Xenegos deck, you're talking about 18-18 Flying <laughs> Yeah. And, and that's a different story, right? Yeah, helping this card out, it does a lot more. And I don't disagree. There's other better cards, but I'm just saying... If you're looking at that across the table, you, you kind of want to deal with it. But <laughs> you, you don't want to let that thing go. Uh, anyways, we'll we'll move on. <laughs> um. Oh boy, I'm into my commander cards now. Yes, I am. Um, this one actually isn't. Oh no, no, this one is. One of them isn't. It's in the commander stuff, but it's also in the main set. I figured it out. But anyways, this one's in the commander stuff. Uh spawning Kraken. Five generic and a blue for a six-six Kraken. Whenever a Kraken, Leviathan, Octopus, or Serpent you control deals combat damage to a player, create a nine nine blue kraken creature token. This thing hits something and creates something bigger. <laughs> Holy cool. <laughs> Uh, I also used to have that uh, uh, Rick Smithies Kraken slash Leviathan deck. Um, this would have been a shoe in. Um, I I just yeah I didn't I that deck's looking better and better as time goes on. Chance like I I, I might want to rebuild it. Um. Uh, I like this because like hey not it's it's like like we were talking about the giant adiphage if it hits a player now granted it doesn't have the trample that the adiphage already has right but like if it gets through it got through and you have another thing to deal with at 9 9 holy cow why are we so silent
2: I think I'm processing the... the it nine does nine the a Kraken. lot,
1: but it doesn't have evasion. Like, I think...
0: No, it's a piece to a larger deck. This, it's, not, it's not there by This itself.
1: card, I actually look at the alternate commander for the deck it's in, the blue-green Quandrix deck, mm-hmm. and actually look at the alternate commander, Essex, who, not to go into him too deeply, but he has a line of text that says... The first time you would create one or more tokens during each of your turns, you may instead choose a creature that you control other than xX and create that many tokens that are copies of that creature. So I'm kind of hyped more on, like, the first time you hit, you make a token of this. The second time you hit, you make another token of this. And now, each time you hit, you're getting 3 nine nines. That oh, make yeah. three nine yeah. nine each. That make three nine
0: nine. <laughs> like yeah, you yeah, It turns it turns all of those into Adiphages. All of those creature types into Adiphages.
1: You don't need that much damage unless you're playing against the pointless life fame deck in the win condition. But I can dream where I hit once and then I drop like ninety power of krakens.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: But it would have worked in. It, the problem that Rick Smithies had, it didn't have a lot of go power, right? You had so many big things, but not enough to kill someone.
1: I think it and, it suffered more on the 1-5 to five mana range. Didn't have thematic things that mattered enough. Like, this gives you more right. backhand power to finish out games, for sure. But I think it really needed a tribal synergy well, I couldn't finish. 2 or 3 drop. Like, that, probably what it needs more than
0: that. was... I mean, there's other stuff that was coming out, too, but what I'm saying is, no, the biggest problem I had playing is it is it couldn't finish a game. It couldn't even take out one person when I finally... Because what it did, it would do stuff like Whelming Wave and stuff like that, where it bounces everything but those creature types and leaves only only those on play. Uh, and there was a couple... There was the... Um, there's a Leviathan or, or, or a Sea Serpent that does that, too. Or a Kraken. that Basically, every time... whenever it enters the battlefield everything that isn't that gets bounced Um, isn't that creature type there was a lot of ways to clear the field swing in and at least kill somebody right but it never had enough power in that opportunity to kill somebody that was the problem like it never that was part of the problem I should say now it's swinging in oh okay I've replaced them with defenders we can go in again and replace them a defense. So it, it gives them more of a kill power that it didn't have, even though it is on the higher end. And yes, that deck needed more of a lower end as well, but it didn't have the kill potential. It didn't not, not with you'd think with as many, you know, Krakens and Leviathans on there, uh, the games would get, it, it took so long to get to those couple that it would take that <laughs> that like by the time that they- like I got to start swinging cuz people are going to start killing me or you know everybody or the combos are going to start going off. So this helps get to the end to faster for that deck. So it would be a shoe in for me in my head for sure. But yeah, no, you're right. There are other problems with that deck too <laughs> that need addressed <laughs> and this doesn't fix everything. It fixes it it helps fix one of the other problems. No. But I love this card for it.
2: Yeah. And in the last in the last, like, three to five years, uh, we, we, again, we've really seen wizards kind of embrace this sea monster tribal. We've been getting, like, incremental cards. So, I mean, they're they're definitely mm-hmm. building towards a critical mass of krakens, leviathans, octopuses, that, that that's going to be... Uh,
0: Serpents. Serpents was the real small one. Yeah, like, uh, it was hard to find serpents. Oh now that you got now that you've got serpents.
2: coma, you don't gotta worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Every upkeep
1: you get a serpent. Jeez. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, it's true. Um so yeah, that's that's why I chose spawning Kraken.
1: It'll kill nice. people. I'm sure it'll kill people.
0: No question. Okay. So uh Chance, your next one?
1: Ah, oh, it's right beside it. Replication technique. Uh, it's 4 no blue for sorcery. At rare. Create a token that's a copy of target permanent you control. And it has a new keyword called demonstrate. And this is kind of another card that I chose. My favorite of a new cycle of monocolored cards. This is the commander deck. It has this interesting keyword. Mm-hmm. When you cast this spell, you may copy it. If you do, choose an opponent to also copy it. Players may choose new targets for their copies. So this you know, it's kind of the theming of a lot of these cards that I like. You're often going to find somebody that desperately needs this you previously have a deal with or someone that no matter what they do with it it's just not dangerous. <laughs> And honestly,
0: pair it with that pair it with that spawning Kraken. right Oh, there. yeah. We're, I don't care what you're copying. I'm <laughs> making two Kraken
1: swinging with normal Kraken. We're going to get three nine nines now. But oh yeah. Yeah. honestly, I look at this card and I look at the floor it is I have nothing to do. The board is stalled out. This is my mono blue five mana. I don't care that someone gets something. Copy two of my lands to ramp two in blue. Yeah. And anything more than that just gets better. I really yeah. like copying things that can be used differently. Like, I really like. A, ooh. Clever impersonator. Yeah. You know, you're all restricted to copy of permanents you control, but we're blue. We can borrow something. So that's not crazy. But it,
2: yeah. And again, just, just like you said, You're... super relevant that it doesn't restrict you to a creature or something else. It, any permanent yeah. is on the table. So I mean there'll be times when for five mana you'll you'll copy your soul ring twice and you'll feel pretty damn good about it. And
1: someone copies, you know, an Eldrazi, but you just get wants. to ignore that. You just ignore
2: <laughs>
3: that. You
1: just, ignore that. You just ignore that there's another void whatever. <laughs>
2: well i go back to i go back to your first choice the uh the secret rendezvous um, and in in a pod in a four man pod of commander there's gonna be enough politics at play that there's probably someone you give that copy to that's going to do the least amount of harm to you, and you're gonna feel extra good about it like the the number of situations where the only person at the table that you feel comfortable giving that extra copy to is the person you've been beating up on the whole game and you know they're gunning for you. I just feel like that's going to be a marginal case.
1: Oh, sure. And sometimes, like, I love the thought that I'm playing my mono blue deck. I've not seen my Tormod's Crypt. Hmm. Matt has a bajuka Bog in play. We kind of <laughs> need that trigger again. Hey, Matt. How about yeah. you get this and you get another
2: Bog because we need it.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: So, I am. I mean, it wouldn't be me in that case because I would be the graveyard that you'd be wanting to exile. But <laughs> well, there, there's always a greater
1: evil. Like maybe I'm yeah. going to that that thought. Um, yeah. Like
0: hey, 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 guys! You could copy your dramatic finale. And have another.
2: <laughs> oh my! Well, I like to play. I like to play fair magic. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to get too busted here. If we're, copy, we're copy like if we're gonna copy things, we're gonna copy things. <laughs> we're going
1: to copy the enchantment parallel lives because
2: look <laughs> and get the oh no resolution of the spell. Tokens on tokens. It doesn't end
1: with three. <laughs> Because you choose to copy it, so you copy it once, so you make two, so there's three. Yeah. Oh. Then you copy it again, and you choose to make a copy. Now it says, no, it's one, two, four, eight. So now you have, for five mana, and Parallel Lives is a four drop. So five mana on turn, five maybe. You have 13 copies of Parallel Lives. <laughs> oh, gosh. You, know,
0: you, know, you know what deck we actively have? ...that this helps out. Not honestly. Ghidorah, King of Monsters. King what of, does he uh, make Cosmos. that
1: cares about... Like, is it just because copying the pile is nice?
0: Yes, because copying the pile. So you have like, hey, here's my three piles of these creatures... That ...when they do this, they do this, they do this. It's
1: powerful, <laughs> but when we're playing in paper copying a mutate pile is just low on my list because it's hard to Oh
2: uh, gosh <laughs> that would be so messy but yeah i mean it's definitely cool in theory i'm just thinking about you know making two copies of a nix bloom ancient or something <laughs> 27 times <laughs> mana that's a lot <laughs>
0: so so we're 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 talking theoretical magic oh yeah right? yeah right so It is a Quandrix card that is copy. appropriate. So you copy you, you've you've basically mutated onto this Hydra Omnivore too much. <laughs> and Hydra Omnivore does all this nasty shit on top of gaining counters and da 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 da. So like <laughs> and then you have like, hey, here's like three of these Hydra Omnivores. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love it! I actually want that that card. I didn't I didn't see that card till you brought it up.
1: There is a little bit of copy target, and it's a we sorcery, so you can get got by removal. But I think as often as I'm gonna be like, I copy an island, and by the way, I copy an island.
0: Oh, because yeah. I can pretend this no, is explosive is vegetation. That.
1: You know, pretend explosive vegetation seems fine. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Like you said, as as a fail case, it's ramping true. two in blue feels feels fine.
1: <laughs> it's not like we can't it's get true. it back.
3: Mm.
2: I say one one of my alternates was the I was see. obviously the uh, the black card in that cycle, which is you know reanimating a a creature and then getting to copy it twice in exchange for giving an opponent something back. Plus, you get yeah. a mill a total of ten, which was pretty all right.
1: Yeah, I do like. A uh, resurrection card that tries to help—if you're grasping at straws—helps fuel, yeah, <laughs> helps
2: helps fuel itself a little bit. I mm-hmm. feel like I feel like they've been doing that a little more as well. That's one of the other uh, kind of design spaces they've been exploring is realizing that that certain cards are just dead in a lot of situations, and so if you have nothing in your graveyard, the best reanimator spell in the world does nothing for you. So tacking on a little yeah. bit, like you at least get a chance Uh mill five, you know, if you can hit something in those five, great. If you're doing your job right, then that's just, that five is just gravy.
0: Mm-hmm. It's true. Oh, that is. Oh boy. Um, so where, where are we at? It was, I think, it was John, yep, so I Matt. think
2: now my next one, so uh, for my next one, we're flipping back over to the main set. For one of the more peculiar legendary creatures, I think the only three-color legendary creature in the set. I Uh, I think you're wrong. That is, of course, Extus, Auric Overlord. And Extus Mm -hmm. is a mythic rare legendary creature, human warlock, for one generic, one white, and two black. He is a 2-4 body with double strike. He does have Magecraft, which is one of the new mechanics for the set. So Magecraft, whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery, uh, then you get a triggered ability off of Extus, and his triggered ability says, return target non-legendary creature card from your graveyard to your hand. His flavor text Mm -hmm. says, join me for the dawn of a new age. And then on his backside, he is a modal double-phase card. On his backside is a sorcery. Awaken the Blood Avatar for six generic, a black, and a red. It says, as an additional cost to cast this spell, you may sacrifice any number of creatures. And the spell's casting cost is reduced by two generic for each creature you sacrifice this way. And then when the spell resolves, each opponent sacks a creature, so it's got some removal for everybody, and you create a 3-6 black and red avatar creature token with haste, and the text, whenever this creature attacks, it deals three damage to each opponent. So, Mm -hmm. one... The art on both sides of this is pretty badass. Excesses design, oh, yeah. I really like the helm, the kind of purple energy, the you know the raised arm and claw, uh, and then the the blood avatar, this weird four armed, uh, Goro looking dude with a big double bladed battle axe and a broadsword. He's got the antlered helm. Uh, the, again, the art just a, a slam dunk, and I'm really intrigued about the uh, the Awaken the Blood Avatar side and trying to come up with ways to really abuse and just make a mass of these three sixes with haste that I, I would just... The, the magical Christmas land would just be to be able to have like 20 of them in play and just annihilate the table on one attack step. <laughs> uh, I don't know how practical that'll be. Mardu doesn't have the best... Access to token doublers or or effects that that create multiples of a token, but the we fact that at least that one. it's on the backs. Sorry, go ahead, Chance.
1: I say we have anointed procession.
2: That's true. We do have anointed procession, so that that's definitely a step in the right direction. But the the fact that awaken the blood avatar is on the back of your commander means it's subjected to the same rules as uh, yeah. as commanders. So to recast it from the command zone, it'll cost two generic more, but the built-in cast cost reduction means as long as you can come up with expendable bodies to sacrifice, which in Mardu, you've got access to tons of really great aristocrats and, and token-style creatures, uh, even though, even though we don't really have the token doublers. So consistently casting it for two or even four should be pretty reasonable... In a deck that's designed to, to take advantage of it. And then again, Oric, or Exus himself, I, I think, is, is just fine. A double striking commander is never something mm-hmm. I'm sad about. That Magecraft trigger is potentially very relevant. Again, a little more build aroundy. Mm
0: hmm. I will say this card also benefits from another card. Dramatic finale.
2: <laughs> Very true. Very true. Get you, get you some, get you some four sevens. I am,
0: I am pushing this card hard because I misread it. The, there you go. The sleeper
2: <laughs> hit of the of the of the uh, set. So <laughs> you heard it here first.
1: Going going to the wow. the lab of nonsense things that this card can do. That's kind of funny. There's some buzz about uh, chain of smog. So Chain of Smog is the two mana target player discards two cards. They may choose to copy it. Mm -hmm. So any card with Magecraft, Mm -hmm. you can Chain of Smog yourself, choose to copy it. Chain of Smog yourself, choose to copy It's kind of the mentality. Yeah. So like, okay, what can we do with his trigger with Chain of Smogging (laughs) our face to Oblivion?
2: Yeah. I didn't ever get to a place
1: I really liked. But there is opportunity yeah. with who I forget the card name already. The five draw black discard a card out of black. Uh
2: mm. is it an enchantment? It's a creature. Creature. It's really popular in Get Rog monster. Yeah. I know what you, I know what you're talking Anywho, about.
1: Anywho, that's I a card that exists that, that people are probably sad we don't remember the name of. But then yeah. there's also Faith of the Devoted. Whenever you discard a card, you can pay one. If you do, each opponent loses two. So you just get there. But my my favored like harebrained plan with that was chain of smog myself to oblivion. We're in all colors but blue, and we're seismic assaulting the same Dryad Arbor over and over again in the middle of
3: this. <laughs> just throwing
1: this dead body of this dryad tree constantly over and over as this evil overlord is cackling and his blood demon is greatly appreciating. I thematically think it's great. I don't think it's a deck I build, but you know, trying to warp around those thoughts was like, this is the funniest thing I can come up with. And I really like it.
2: Yeah. I will say that too. The idea of like Mardu Spellslinger is kind of, that's fairly unique. That's not what those colors are most most known for. Yeah. And so having a commander that kind of invites you to explore that build and and offers a pretty good payoff in either case.
1: Yeah, and there's there's definitely something I would say about this set overall. It just it took each color combination, maybe not necessarily green blue and red blue, but it's like we're going to give you different yeah, probably not outside of, outside of color pie, but you know, definitely like we've not talked about a red white card yet, but red white I think does the most to be like, here's an identity they, inside of slinging spells that feels thematic and powerful.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think they definitely push the gas on red white the most in this set, and again the hmm. uh, the black green always had access to life gain, but the idea of g- life gain payoffs feels fairly new and unique and then the uh the silver quill the black white um, tokens is not, again tokens isn't really outside of black white because there's a lot of token cards already in it but i'll say the the method of it in this in this set dramatic feels
3: finale.
2: <laughs> yeah when they print overpowered <laughs> stuff like dramatic finale I i just don't know yeah <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
0: oh boy. Yeah, I, I get you. Um, okay. So that's. It's definitely. You were you were not wrong about picking a lot of warlocks. <laughs> I guess
2: so. I guess now I'm three out of seven. Are you on warlocks. possessed
1: by warlocks? Like, is this a concern?
2: <laughs> I really love the three-five warlock. I actually don't care as much for the five-e warlock, but I always did. And I know the three-five warlock was busted as all hell, but I always had—I've always had that affinity. I guess I find myself drawn. I mentioned like Edgar. I've always drawn to the really busted cards but I don't want to play them busted and then it makes me sad that it it gets so hard to play a busted card fair Yeah, or at least get treated like you play it fair
1: (laughs) I I purposely, I've had a mono blue group hug deck for years now and when Urza
2: Lord High Artificer
1: Artificer, here we go
2: yeah, Artificer
1: I, the word is Artificer, unfortunately (laughs) And I was like, yes. I'm going to play it. The the Commander League I played at the time cost points to play him because he was so good, is the theory. Yeah. So I sat down, I put him down, and I got that gasp of, no. Because people know I have a pretty <laughs> vast collection. Like, I probably could yeah. have put something together that was awful. And then it's <laughs> turn two, Call me the Crescent Moon. Oh, we're still doing this. Oh no (laughs) We're still just (laughs) hugging (laughs) Just scaring people with hugs now
0: (laughs) Yeah Mm -hmm. Okay Alrighty My next one Is uh, Oversimplify Which is Three generic, a green and a blue For a sorcery I, I don't have a lot of creatures in this one Today this is weird for me. It's appropriate um, for the set. Fair. That's true. Uh, exile all creatures. Each player creates a zero, 0 green and blue fractal creature token and puts a number of 1-1 one, one counters on, uh, on it equal to the uh, total power of creatures they controlled that were exiled this way. I like this. Because it turns the whole battlefield into who had the most power. And most of the time, that's me. And I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice, like, board wipe that doesn't leave, like, everyone totally... Uh, uh, everyone totally vulnerable, but it's, like, evens the battlefield. Unless you get... Or, or does something like, let's say, it's a weird way to take care of that really just out-of-hand goblin deck that's, like, going to swing out or keep swinging out, and you're, like, barely hanging on. Yeah. You're like, let's just make it a huge single thing. And it exiles everything, too, so there's not a lot of things that will survive that.
2: Yeah, I do really like the the exile effect. Something that
1: Blue Green doesn't get in mass
2: not typically mm-hmm. but but again kind of uh, kind of speaks to like uh, what's the what's the uncommon from Fate Reforged it's one generic and a blue to exile a creature and then you manifest the top card of your library is it sudden sudden evacuation or I know something what you're talking like about yeah it's it's really excellent spot removal in blue exile removal and you really can't beat mm-hmm. that but again it's kind of this you do this swap uh, Ponjify, uh rapid hybridization. Like, you get you get un, unrestricted destroy creature, can't regenerate, but you're giving them a token in exchange. So in this case, like, like you said, Cham, you're kind of banking on you having the biggest board state at the time you resolve it in terms of total creature power because you're still going to be giving your opponents presumably some decent-sized tokens in exchange, and you're just hoping that yours are bigger and badder.
0: Right, and it's only five five mana. and in, in a commander game, like five mana, isn't that hard to get to? And you could possibly still do shenanigans after that five mana.
2: Well, especially not in a blue-green deck that's like turn three.
0: Yeah, no no doubt. But you wouldn't <laughs> want to do that turn three. Not, people haven't built up. Uh, that probably not likely. To, to there
1: mark. are some times it is worth spite-wasting a board wipe on one creature you hate. <laughs>
0: like,
1: huh, you have three creatures with zero power. Neat.
0: Hmm.
3: Hmm.
1: This really makes me think yeah. of the meme of all the Spider-Mans pointing fingers at each other.
0: Because yeah. at the end of it, they're all the same <laughs> creature type and maybe
1: near the same size. <laughs> 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 yeah.
0: Yeah. Yep, I don't know. I just like it for the En Mass Exile. Uh, the only thing... You, I actually have a suggestion. Like, they did give a source of other cards like it. Um, there is one other great exile source in blue, which is the Curse of the Swine. Curse of the Swine which is a really good. That, yeah, so... It, um, I think it's better than Curse of the Swine because you're not giving them numbers, too. You're giving them a single... Uh, which could be removed. Now, granted, it could be huge. It could be huge, but... and Curse of the Swine, you're talking a lot more of a mana investment as well to, to remove, you know, en mass. And that's
2: probably the bigger thing. Yeah, like if, if Curse of the Swine f- looks pretty bad against a token deck or any other kind of go-wide because mm-hmm. the sheer amount of mana you have to get to. And then if they're, if they're one ones or something, unless they're getting pumps that are based on creature type and changing them to pigs, is going to take those away. Yeah, like mm-hmm. you, you really want Curse of the Swine for that deck that just has a few like pretty big beefy threats, and then you, you drop them to 2-2 two, right. two pigs. But yeah, if, if they're on go-wide, then replacing all that with even one giant token that's just a vanilla creature that you can chump block for days, that's going to feel better.
1: It is also oh, very yeah. good to note. Curse of the swine targets. This does not.
2: Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Gets rid of everything. Yep. Hex proof, indestructible. Gone. It's not.
0: I like the. I like the the quote for this one. A fine example of addition and subtraction.
2: Addition by addition subtraction by subtraction.
0: Oh, sorry. Yeah, I just read that. Actually, no. The quote is wrong on the page if you click on it, but the card is right. That is that is interesting. Oh,
2: cool. Huh. Oops. Well. How about that?
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll even show you guys. <laughs> that was on the site. Huh. And I read it from the site instead of reading it off the card. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just was looking at the card like, "I don't
0: know what that says."
2: <laughs> I don't understand. Addition what
0: you mean. by subtraction. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Weird. Anyways, yeah, I, I like it. Um, I tend to play some green blue stuff. I mean, the the Ghidorah deck we just talked about is is Teamer, so it, it has it has gas in that. I'm not sure I would use it though. Teemer doesn't really care. Too much about removal. It's got some it more counters things, um, so stuff like that. Um, so yeah, that's that's oversimplify, which is a pretty simple card. Unless you know, it's like misplaces a word. Apparently, that's <laughs> <Yeah>,
1: COVID. <laughs> so just forgive people. Life is crazy.
0: <laughs> so our, our our last card before we do our build around.
1: I'm staying on the commander decks, We're moving to the green black deck, but for a colorless identity card with a land, Witches Clinic. It's a rare, it doesn't have text in our tap, so in our untap normally. has tap, add webdings, you know, colorless mana symbol specifically. Uh, two tap colon, target commander gains lifelink until end of turn. Students from other colleges are invited to visit. The Witherbloom's Medical Facilities. Not many do. It's just another card that I, I like the implication of the chaos you can sow with this sitting in your land base.
2: <laughs> yeah, the fact that it's not restricted to your commander, that you can selectively use that to, to really kind of complicate combat. And yeah,
1: like that's just looking at... Mm-hmm. Four people and then playing with four commanders. When you can get into the realm of there can be eight commanders between four people because of partners. Now you can even do this guessing game of who do you need to block, who needs to die. If you can wait longer than them, maybe you'll still get the life link on the creature that it matters more. Yeah, I just like it. It makes me think of those the castles getting dead give the effects to a legendary creature. Yeah. Yeah, I dig it. Okay. It comes to play on tap like worst.
0: It does just give it generic, but I mean, that's a really good ability anyways.
1: So. I mean, yeah, it's it's hard to shake a land. Like I, I dislike the feeling at times of wanting to play not combo commander. And everyone is playing combo, and everyone has a maze of it. And you're like, I'm literally never oh, hitting anybody gosh. with my five four with trample. Like it's just never happening. Nah. And I don't nah. want to run the maze mm-hmm. of this to like continue that problem if I feel that play group is getting very stale. But witches clinic yeah. is like it's a land. It fits a utility slot, and it does something you can use to barter. I think it's great.
2: Yeah, I concur. I like it.
0: Okay. Uh, Matt, that was a succinct one.
2: All right. So my next one's still in the main set. Apparently I had a greater affinity for the main set than for the commander specific stuff. Uh, which, which jives. Uh, so I selected one of the elder dragons and I selected it partly by process of elimination, not to tip my hat to some of you guys' upcoming choices. Uh, I chose Vilamacus Lorehold 5 generic red and white for a legendary creature elder dragon at mythic rare he is a 5-5 five, five with flying vigilance and haste it says whenever Vilamacus Lorehold attacks look at the top 7 cards of your library you may cast an instant or sorcery spell with mana value less than or equal to Vilamacus Lorehold's power from among them without paying its mana cost Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Uh, I think his, yeah. I think the art on this one is fantastic. Uh, I mentioned earlier I like to give love when I can to uh, Boros cards for my brother, who is a big Boros player. This is uh, in a set that already was taking Boros in some new directions. I feel like Vilamakis doesn't even really jive with the rest of the established Lorehold aesthetic. As far as they're concerned with like artifacts and kind of recurring artifacts from the graveyard, uh, but he does fit very well with the spell slinging style of Strixhaven. and so just the fact mm-hmm. that they the fact that they went the distance and they gave him haste so that you're basically guaranteed the turn he comes down, you're at least gonna get that attack trigger once, and that to me makes all the difference. and then the fact that he can play well with Effects that pump his power to give you access to more crazy and bigger spells. Uh, again, kind of invites a unique build on Boros, leaning more on a on a spell slinger style, or at least having a, a higher percentage of uh, Instance and sorceries to give you the chance to hit that off the top of your deck. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you're this is going to be something that if somebody across the table from you drops it, you're going to be worried about what's coming next.
0: Yeah especially since you can drop it and just do this. Yeah.
1: I like it. I think for me, there's a lot of things that could matter. Extra combats could be really fun. But I think for me, this card goes as my number one choice for the dragons approach deck. And just a quick aside on that card. It's a three mana sorcery. A deck can actually have any number of these. So this one of the cards that even in commander, you can have any number of cards with this name. And it is three damage each opponent. You may exile up to four cards named Dragon's Approach from your graveyard. If you do use your library for a Dragon Creature card, put it on the battlefield. So you're casting the fifth one while one through four is in your graveyard to exile them. Because, you know, it is not in your graveyard as it's resolving. Yeah. I think is how it works. I might be wrong. But anyway, you know, we have a deck that have a lot of them. We're going to summon dragons our commander is a dragon screaming to make more dragons come out of the deck.
3: Yeah. If it
1: wasn't a $3 common right now, that would be the, that would be the direction I would take them <laughs> for sure.
2: It would basically be Boros's version of the shadowborn apostles deck.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Like I've,
2: <laughs> I've had yeah.
1: thoughts and versions. Like I kind of have a weird sketchy version of, uh, I just want to cast dragon Storm. Is it a deck? <laughs> so this is like, this is concise. This seems reasonable. I have red looting card draw to like not even have to cast that many of them. And if I'm playing yeah. 30 copies of it, like he's going to hit it on an attack.
2: <laughs> then oh, I just yeah. have to
1: have enough dragons in <laughs> the deck that I've not drawn them all somehow. Okay.
2: Yeah.
3: Hmm.
0: Okay. I like it. It's a, uh, it's another form of uh, itali's trigger yeah i like that it's it's not as versatile as itali's and not as easy to do but i still enjoy that trigger
2: yeah and and again just kind of a a broader general comment i was really very pleased with the design of all the elder dragons that they that are in this set um Mm -hmm. uh, again prismari Prismari and Quandrick specifically don't appeal as much to my personal play styles, but but the Lorehold Silverquill and Witherbloom Elder Dragons, I I liked all all three of those a lot. But yeah. but the Lorehold one especially, again to 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 still feel Borosy, you know it's a it's a big keyword soup combat m- monster, but then to have this really weird kind of Im- mixing the impulse draw with free casting effects, spell slingery. It's really interesting. And and again, I I like to see him exploring new space.
0: Yeah. I like it. I like the design quite a bit. I can't, it's so small on my screen, but uh, a, a couple of the dragons have that sort of like wedge face. Yeah. Um, but that might just be a horn. Uh, it's really hard to see. All right, I zoomed in. It almost looks like some sort of like brachiosaur or something, on his head. Oh, the one that's uh far away, the the close up one, very much more dragon, but uh, very sauropod looking neck and face. Yeah. From a distance, which is interesting. He for a is dragon.
1: very large. I don't know like sizing scale on the other ones. But like he is wrapped around a building, and we have a sca- <laughs> size scaling yeah. of the entrance there on that bridge. Like that bridge yeah. probably can take carts. Yeah. So that opening is not human sized. <laughs> like we, we do get some concept. Well, I mean, all of, of them
0: seem large. rather large. If you look at Quandrix, um, Quandrix is like at the center of some sort of like obelisk thing, and like. Um, Shadrick Silverquill is like he's in the middle of a citadel flying through it and the only one that doesn't look like massive to me is uh Galazeth Prismari. Yeah. Like it's he's he's big, but like the other the other ones look massive in comparison. Yeah. To all of them do. Speaking of which, um my last one uh, is in both the Commander and the normal set. And it's just uh, it's a n- more on the uh, whole Serpent thing. The whole Serpent's... Uh, uh Well, uh, I said his name. Eryxmethes uh, deck that I like. Uh, so the Wormhole Serpent, which is four generic and a blue for a 3-5 creature Serpent. And I picked this out. It's even though it's uncommon, we don't have many Serpents. If you look in Magic, m- Serpents are like one of the few creature types that get, you know, get tossed around. Even though, like, a lot of things say, hey, and serpents, it's like, there's not many of them. Um, So, for three and a blue, target creature can't be blocked this turn. Not a unique ability, but being a serpent, and having the other one with it that can smack and create a 9-9, that's a pretty good ability. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, hey, here's a door, go through it, like, um uh and the quote is after drownings, devourings and one highly unpleasant algae infestation, unsupervised portal use on campus was banned. <laughs> I kind of like that little story. Yeah. Uh so the wormhole serpent, I like is a little bit of a flavor too. I do like how it has like, ooh, it's looking through a portal to like basically one of the campuses. Um I just like its utility and the fact that it's a serpent because it's 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 one of those underserved creature types. Um, even though it's involved with a lo- with the krakens and the octopi and stuff like that, it's not. There's not many of them. Um, this would have also gone in Rixmithies just to be able to get that combat trick in. Because there was some bad stuff in the Rixmithies just to fill out the creature count. <laughs> yeah
2: with the uh with the exception of the of the blue required in the activation it's the same total activation cost as rogue's passage and especially maybe less so now but there was a time when i considered rogue's passage a virtual auto include in most of my decks just because the ability yeah. to sometimes the ability to make your commander unblockable ended up being super relevant or you know just just mm. being able to get a creature in when you need to and having you know if you're going to build a deck like that then i think you probably run rogue's passage too and having a redundancy essentially two copies of that effect that are repeatable is pretty good yep
0: and you don't tap it that's just do it you can do it all a bunch of times if you have the mana
2: yeah yeah if you you mentioned rick smithies if you're in a simic deck you don't have any problem being able to afford to activate that on two or three creatures a turn
0: right and then you get three, nine nines. Yeah, <laughs>
2: if Wizards ever gets off their ass and reprints Training Grounds, then you can just go wild. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So that is that is my final uh, card before we talk about the cards that we were going to build around um, in in honor of the Commander set. So building a Commander deck, uh, we each picked a card. So. Chaunce, tell us which card would you build a deck around?
1: The one I chose, I'm going to start with. It's slightly chosen out of spite because of having a discussion with somebody who just said they hated it.
0: Oh, you mean not like Confront the Past? Hmm?
1: Oh. Well. That's the one
0: has Gideon. (laughs) But anyway.
1: (laughs) I might mess up the names because it's a double-faced card. I think it's uvilda dina perfection is two and a blue for a two two legendary creature gen wizard at rare she has tap colon you may exile an instant or sorcery card from your hand and put three hone counters on it it gains at the beginning of your upkeep if this card is exiled remove a hone counter from it and when the last hone counter is removed from this card if it is exiled you may cast it it costs four less to cast this way Which I might have other brain things about that that I wasn't even thinking. And then the other side of it is Nasari, Dean of Expression. Three red red for a legendary creature. I think it's Ifrit? Ephrit? Really not sure on that one.
0: Yeah, Ifrit. Shaman.
1: I know that word. Uh, Four four. Of course, it's still a rare card. At the beginning of your... Keep exile the top card of each opponent's library. Until end of turn, you may cast spells from among those exiled cards and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast those spells. And then a static ability of when you cast a spell from exile, put a 1-1 counter wow. on Nasari, Dean of Expression. Hmm. I'm, I'm a having lot. a brain problem, and... I need to make sure that I don't have to change the way I'm thinking about this and make like it better or not. Okay, when the last tone counter is removed from this card, if it is exiled, you may cast it. It costs four less to cast this way. I assume it means now.
2: Yeah, I would assume it, it triggers the same way that a saga does once the last in this case, once the last counter is removed, like, yeah. Yeah, so if you did it on an instant, you could even cast on your upkeep. I would assume, because the the counter gets removed at the beginning of upkeep.
1: But anyway, the the point of this card is, I like it. It's a it's a dual face card, and ex- comparisons to original Joyra were people just dismissing it completely.
2: Yeah, well, because from through that lens, it's it's nowhere near on Joyra's level, is it?
1: No, I mean, Joy was just paid to suspend it. It comes out later for free. But yeah. there's there's definitely a lot of things, I think, working for it. It taps. You're casting it for four less, which means X spells can actually be used.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I think there's there's a, you know, this, I have a red-blue Wizards deck that this might take over just to see how bad it feels or not. that's
2: just trying to cast. So are you Dragon Storm. Are you looking at it primarily through the lens of Uvilda being the one that you're using and Nassari is just kind of there and I'm, maybe there's a corner case. I'm thinking Nasari
1: will be useful in several occasions, but I'm thinking like, okay, knowing Joyra exists. What does Uvilda even do for commander? I think it's plenty. Like, there is something to be said about playing a similar card to something that is a boogeyman and still getting to do what you want to do. And in the same way, I mean, this card does something if your hand is empty, where Jorah doesn't. Yeah, It lets you cast Nasari and start to try to get value as long as she stays in play for off of other people's decks. I think there's that that kind of push and pull of like you said, maybe it's a C card on both sides, but together they're a card that has B playability. And, yeah. you know, this this is just... I like some of the theming that we get even in the Prismari commander deck. I hope I'm saying the right word for the red-blue. red, red blue. I'm not super on yeah, that yet. Prismari, yeah. And just the, like, they care about casting big spells sometimes, even 10 CMC things, so... Sure, I'm not casting Expropriate for free, but maybe I'm suspending a Fireball and looking to pump 7 mana and get 4 free on a Fireball to actually get my... I hit at least 10 mana for a cast trigger on the uh, the Magecraft, the Face Commander. So, I don't think it's going to change metas. But I also think it deserves some love that I definitely didn't feel like it got some from some other discussions I had. Yeah. So so
0: you have to cast this when that honed last honed counter comes out,
2: correct? I think so.
1: And that's what's tripping me up. It says because it say because
2: it's it, saying it, when it's removed, it says if it's exiled, you may cast it. Nothing says that it stops being exiled when the home counters are removed. So I would think, theoretically, you could have several cards kind of hanging out in exile that have timed out and had all their home counters removed, and if you haven't had occasion to use them, they would still be hanging out, and you can cast them when you need them. We'd probably have to get rules clarification on that, but I, I don't... I don't see anything that says, you know, you either it says you may cast it and if you don't the card is is permanently exiled.
1: Yeah, like that that's the thing that's tripping me up. I always read this
0: as Yeah, I guess now or never. I guess cuz it's not an and. It's a comma.
2: I guess maybe the one thing is that it says when the last home counter is removed. So if you don't cast it at that time, there won't be another time when a home counter is removed from it.
0: That's the concern. Yeah. yeah.
2: We'll have to get clarification on that.
0: So I like this card a bunch. If you can just have a bunch of spells sitting there and saying, all right, what, what can I do? Cause that's essentially like not, it's like having spells at your ready that aren't available. Um, Reading it
1: as now or never, I think the card deserves some time in the sun. I agree. Thinking no, 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 that's, thinking, that's it true. might be when it's More.
2: good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mentioned earlier that like, Prismari and Quandrix aren't really doing it for me, and this card kind of exemplifies that. Like, It's not doing anything at all on either side that I would be interested in building a deck around, but I can definitely respect what it is and what could potentially be done with it. And I, and I actually really like what you said, Chance. The idea of like playing a more subdued version of a more powerful Boogeyman Commander, and, and like you wouldn't even necessarily have to change the deck other than to swap out who's running the show, and it'd be amazing what a different experience you might have at the table piloting a deck with Uvilda and Nasari versus piloting a Joyra deck. And you would still probably be doing some very scary things.
0: Oh yeah. not for for free knocking four off, even though it's it's delaying it three turns. Um well not even that. Well no, it'd be three turns. Um even though it's delaying it three turns ahead. I mean knocking four off is, is pretty hefty, you know, in general. Yeah. Like it's four four free mana.
1: Like I mean we also are in the untap colors. Oh gosh, there's some uh, that, rulings
3: for
2: her. <laughs> yeah, that that was my thought was uh was you're already in the untapped color. Um uh, so, so possibly exiling multiple turns. I think blue also has the most effects for manipulating counters.
1: Okay. It, the first ruling on her says if an effect prohibits you from casting the card and you choose not to cast it, it remains exiled, no home counters on it, and you won't be able to cast it later.
0: Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So yeah, it's the worst version of what we thought, but still, I, I agree. Um, it's got uses even when it's straight there. I think what tips it off to to that ruling is also is the if it's exiled. So if they find a way to unexile it, which is pretty fringe case, like a really fringe case to unexile something like that. Um, because you're basically saying, okay, now it's no longer targetable. Essentially, even though it's an X, ex- whatever. You, you know, you know, you get what I mean. If they they find a way to circumvent, if you being able to cast it at that time, you wouldn't be able to cast it. Yeah. Or if you just choose not to, then it just stays in the oblivion.
1: Maybe it's covering some corner case of like casting it and then being able to cast it again somehow with the reduction.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah, like yeah, I think so I think it's kind of neat. Like Red Blue Spell Singer definitely has had to stay in the sun constantly, mm-hmm. but it's you know a dump my hand face card with a back face of get advantage from other people's decks, and you know if somehow you've picked it up and recast it with the back face. Casting the spells from exile with the home counters will grow, Nasari.
0: hmm I'd almost like a game where they're in play together. Obviously not Commander. I feel but.
1: that way about I've... so many of these double faced like the Deans. I feel almost all the Deans want each other in play, and that's just not the way it works in Commander. Yeah. Like maybe I've, it's. The... I've heard
2: that. No. I've heard that comment in some other places on some other like commander content channels and whatnot. Yeah, it is uh, kind of unfortunate.
1: Maybe you just play some stuff to return a creature to your hand because you're just want, going to want to have both both halves well, of this hey. cake, but
2: team it up with your uh, team it up with your other choice chance make a make a token copy of the first side bounce it to hand and then recast the other side and then you do have them both in play.
1: Oh, ah, yeah. this is clearly another Helm of the Host deck. <laughs> 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 no, but like building this deck, I'm definitely into I'm going to be heavy on shenanigans and then maybe actually looking for these huge instances and sorceries that maybe affect combat. So, getting to get on the mm-hmm. sorry side a couple turns later, maybe even by sacrificing it. And I would just be having fun going, well, we'll tap out this upkeep.
3: Yeah.
0: Okay. Cool. All right, so Ilvilda, Dean of Perfection, and Nasaria, Dean of Expression. All right, Matt. So, what's your what's your build around card?
2: So, for my build around, I chose actually one of the monocolored legendaries from the new Commander decks. You get one guess which color he is. You also then get one guess what class he is because I'm apparently four. He's a
0: black warlock. I'm
2: apparently four for seven on the warlocks, and I did not even realize that when I chose my cards. Uh, oh, boy. What a happy accident. So my choice for my build-around commander is Fane the Broker. Uh, for two generic and a black, he is a legendary human warlock at rare. He is a 3-3 three, three body mm-hmm. with th- three well with four activated abilities activated ability number one tap sack a creature to put two plus one plus one counters on target creature second ability tap remove a counter from a creature you control create a treasure token third ability tap sack an artifact create a 2-1 white and black inkling creature token with flying and then final fourth ability three generic and a black to untap feign the broker so as uh, some other places have pointed out with infinite mana which for Mono Black is not a terribly high hurdle to clear uh you can at minimum create an infinitely an infinite number of infinitely large flying inkling tokens because you can get to a point where you're just putting 211 counters on one removing a single counter to create a new ink you know run through the chain and create a new inkling And then you can just keep repeating that over and over and over. So, infinite mana gets you infinite giant flyers, Um, which those those kind of go ahead.
0: I said I just said OGS. Oh yeah. So so
2: that kind of potential doesn't really interest me. Like looking at it through the infinite combo lens, because that's just that's not my play style. Uh, Mm -hmm. One of my one of my philosophies for commander that has kind of stuck with me since I first started playing is I've always really liked commanders that are a little more standalone. Uh, I, I'm not always as big a fan of, of building decks that, that absolutely hinge upon their commander to do what they need to do. And, uh, like we mentioned coma earlier, you know, you could put coma at the helm of any Simic deck doing any kind of thing. And coma brings enough to the table on, on its own that that you don't mm-hmm. need anything else in your deck to really synergize for coma to still be a problem for for your opponents and uh I don't know that I really like like one of the, quite that high a power level but so my my first and still my favorite commander deck my mono black reanimator um I actually had a I actually had a rotating roster of commanders that I would use to helmet, depending kind of on the play group and the situation. So I had Corlash Air to Blackblade for my more casual games because he's just a big dumb beater that can regenerate. I had uh, Chainer, mm-hmm. Dementia Master for my more combo-y, a little bit more competitive games because of the, the ability to pull stuff out of my opponent's graveyards. And then my good, solid middle-of-the-road choice was always Obnixilus the Fallen because with his landfall trigger you know, an opponent loses three life and he gets three plus one, plus one counters on him. And so he, he doesn't need anything else going on at the table. As long as you're playing your land every turn, you're draining somebody for three, he's getting bigger and bigger. I've one shot at people with him, you know, because he'll eventually get to 21, 21. Uh, So he, he's just a really good, I I don't want him in the 99. I would only want him at the helm. And that's kind of how I feel maybe not quite so much. Fane has enough versatility that I think he would be fine in the 99 in a lot of decks, especially an an aristocrats type build, but having him as a build around, he kind of brings that trading post, just the ability to, to kind of make removal feel bad for your opponents. Your opponent goes to destroy something of yours. You use Fane to turn that creature into two, one, one counters at bare minimum. You put them on Fane himself, or again, just the ability to start exchanging stuff. And, uh, Getting a little incremental value to kind of help out whatever game plan your deck is on without needing to strictly like you don't have to build a deck to take advantage of Fane's abilities for him to still be a, a really nice addition to the deck.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. At some point, you have to have lost something to get this thing going, but once you do. Well,
2: yeah. yeah. I mean, to, to me, the presumptive kickoff is like you play Fane, you've got some other creature in play, maybe. Preferably something small like a pest would be a really good option. Uh, but even if you've got something bigger that's a little scarier... Or other Inklings. Yeah. yeah, or an Inkling. But even if you play out something bigger and scarier and an opponent's like, uh-uh, no, I gotta get rid of that. Well, then when they target it with removal, you instead just sack it to Fane. And you put two one one counters on Fane. Now you've got your, your counters in play and can start removing those, creating treasure tokens to get a little bit of extra mana and value. Uh, if you've got... If you build, you know, a deck that's a little heavier on artifact creatures, then you, you've got a means to change, you know, if they start targeting your artifact creatures, you can change those into flying inklings. Um, again, a mm-hmm. mono-black deck is probably not going to have a lot of trouble having some extra mana lying around, so the ability to use his abilities more than once a turn is probably not outside uh, the realm of imagination. Right.
0: Yeah. And you can get going. Mm-hmm. You can you can start doing some nutty stuff.
1: Nice to have a card that oh, feels like it will okay. always do something useful.
2: Yeah, yeah. With without being there's always some path without being absurd. Yes. Again, you know the the infinite potential aside, just again you're you're kind of like my opponent's going to remove things that I have in play. Fain allows me to at least get something for losing these things. Or again, you know sack right. sac outlets have always been valuable because of their ability to get around exile your opponent's going to exile your creature. Well, instead of Path to Exile, I'm just going to sacrifice it and put two 1-1 counters on something. I feel a lot better about that exchange, and your opponent has still given up some premium removal. True.
1: I'm also kind of thinking now, we've had this big understanding change directly with Mutate that it says untap Feign the Broker. Well, what it really says is untap this card. Yeah. So,
2: does it change (laughs)
1: Necrotic Ooze paths?
2: I think Necrotic Ooze, Necrotic would work with it. Now, Mutate wouldn't, because he's a human, right? Well, no, no, no. I'm just saying, because of
1: Mutate, we had that understanding clarity of what things really mean. You know, that doesn't mean Uh, untap the card, feign the broker. That means untap this card. So... You know, Necroticus can now see something in the graveyard that says three and a black, untap me. Yeah. Like, I knew there was chains and nonsense, but, like, does that make it anything easier? Does it it change anything? Does it just add
2: consistency? That's a good point. It may.
1: Because, I mean, the two cards I can Mm -hmm. think of off the top of my head... You have Savala, Heart of the Wild, and Fane in the graveyard and you're playing green black and you've got something <laughs> chonky enough, you've got all the mana. You get, to
2: that, so you, get to that infinite mana real quick. <laughs> you know.
1: So Yeah. Granted, that's in that's in there the realm go. of things that you don't care for, but you know, I very like the trading uh, but, uh, the trading post vibes of the card I like a lot, but like that's the thing that kind of stands out a little more different to me is the the untap this card. Like, I hoped there was some equipment that would give something the, what is it, the inspired keyword. Yeah. That, like, untapping does something. Yeah. Like, somehow getting to tack that onto King Makar so you can start making gold and exiling <laughs> things.
2: It's interesting. Yeah.
1: I like, there's enough moving pieces that I don't need all of them to be happy. Like, this probably is good enough to be ran in the Gov Guru Spores deck in its current iteration just as another path of value siphoning and at times just to be like we're going to chew all the counters off of Gov for mana because we're going to do something crazy
2: yeah hmm
0: yeah I would never build this but I like it (laughs) 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 not my thing It's a lot of steps to get where you're going, but I, yeah, I see. You can clearly see the path because they all help each other. Hmm. You know what helps it, right?
3: <laughs>
2: if only there was some <laughs> kind of overpowered enchantment that could, like, really juice up the token. Hey. At least, though, it has. I wouldn't even know what that was. Its would identity be. is white-black as it
1: stands, so you couldn't run it. Mm
0: dramatic finale. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
0: Alright, so for my uh, final card, uh, which I tried to make my first card, but yeah, we'll, well, the build around card for me is actually one of the dragons. Uh, Belladros Witherbloom for 5 and a black green. Legendary creature, Elder Dragon, 4-4. Flying! He doesn't get any other keyword. <laughs> so... You're probably not attacking with this he doesn't thing. not need it. At the beginning of each upkeep, create a 1-1 black and green pest creature token with when this creature dies, you gain 1 life. Pay 10 life, colon, untap all lands you control. Activate only once each turn. You probably only need to activate that once each turn anyways. So, I like this card because it is a... It is one of those like, hey, I get to do a lot of stuff in a turn with a bunch of mana and I pan 10 life. And also I have a good way to get that life back with the pest tokens. And if you notice, a lot of the cards I picked have to deal with tokens. <laughs> <laughs> and pests and, and that kind of stuff, especially with Blex. Um, so I I like this dragon because it makes me feel like uh, you, you imagine like you you seen Cloverfield, right? Where uh, Cloverfield has the the mites that drop off that they were like, what the f is that? And you're like those little small things. I just imagine that's what happens to Witherbloom Is there's just these pests that drop off of him and feed him? I just like I like the the idea of it. Uh, I like uh, I like building a token deck around him. Uh, unfortunately, you wouldn't be able to use the most broken and and powerful card because it has white in it. But um, you get to do a lot of things with pests, which, you know, the new creature type and a lot of gained life and stuff to sort of facilitate that every once in a while you get to untap all your lands and then do more. Uh, Now, I do like how it fixes it and says only once each turn. Um, Whereas, you know, a lot of times something like Seaborn muses on each upkeep or whatever. You know, untapping all your lands is a really powerful ability and I do like how it's limited because I don't like playing severely broken stuff either, but I do like kinda of broken. I do I do I do like some advantage on that one.
2: Well, I, um, I think you're like me. I think you like playing broken things in a relatively fair manner.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, that's for sure. Um,
2: um The problem is that they're still and broken. Paying ten
0: life In the long run, in Commander, you're you're gaining life incidentally with this, you know, with this anyways, right? I mean, you might be chump blocking or whatnot. So paying ten life is not going to be a big deal in Commander at all. Um, You put some extra life gain stuff in this, like I don't know, the card that gives you life every time an opponent takes damage,
2: like stuff like that, like. Go ahead. Yeah, again, you look at the baseline. Uh, in an average f- four-player pod, one trip around the table, you're getting four pests. If you just have mm-hmm. a straight-up sack outlet that does nothing else for you, then that's still potentially four life that you gain, so it's really only costing you six life for every activation. And that's, again, that's, yeah. that's the minimum. That's the, the baseline because black-green has ample... Ample engines that allow you to gain extra life. Uh, I just really well, I was just thinking about it. Pest tokens with Vraska, Queen of the Golgari, is bonkers because you'll trigger both of her abilities when you sack a pest. Uh, so you'll be pinging yes. people for two, and you'll be uh, gaining you'll be gaining three life for every pest token sacked. So now with four pests around, you're actually netting two life on the exchange, and still activating this every every turn on your turn. Not to mention having enough life to be able to potentially activate it on opponents' turns if you want. Yeah.
1: Yep. I don't know.
0: I you keep you're going.
1: Thinking of this this way or not, but it says activate only mm-hmm. once each turn. That can be other people's yeah. turns too.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's what he was saying. You could do it on other people's turns.
1: That that's the thing that kind of scares me about the card. Like, yeah. we've we've seen things that did pay this life, do something great, just banned. We don't have Crystal Brand anymore. I yeah. think this is worse because cards are probably better than extra mana.
2: Yeah, because with no cards in hand do you have something that allows you to take advantage of all that mana that you're gaining, but... If you do, God help us. <laughs> well, just, like,
1: trying to, like, let's not think of what it does as a competitive card. What does it do sitting around, everybody built an Elder Dragon for their new set, let's have fun. What does this do? Mm-hmm. The person that, in quotation mark taps out and casts Bellagoras if it resolves, and all of a sudden it's the game of, our shields down? Will the will the retribution be unsurmountable? Like he's prepared to pay ten.
0: Like you just know.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> How many X spells can I do what with now?
1: <laughs> like maybe even this is just like the next turn make sixteen mana. Uh is it Sanguinate that hits everybody or is that
2: the target? Yeah. One? Yeah, exsanguinate.
1: Just exsanguinate, yeah. and you're like, okay, I'm done, pass. They're like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure uh, exactly actually, everything that that caused, but I'm not
2: happy. Actually, the one that occurs to me is the... because uh, it, it, it was really underwhelming was the 9-mana Black Mythic from Commander Legends that does the life-total exchange. <laughs> because with... With Beladross, oh, you, can, no. you can really easily get to that Bunk your own. <laughs> to that nine. You can really get to that nine mana very easily if you untap all your lands, and at that point, you you want your life as low as you can get it because you're just going to swap it out with somebody else and then do it again. <laughs> Hello,
1: <laughs> I would like you to pay for my risky or... decisions. Thank you.
0: <laughs> you can you can get one of my favorite cards. I used to when I used to work at uh, one of the software companies. I had this card like in my desk. The only card I kept with me. Not that it's my favorite card, but it's one of my favorite win conditions is Triska Decaphobia. Yeah. So it's like get yourself in something that ends with three, and then you can just go co- go down every couple turns, and yeah, there you go, swap life, but there you like.
2: Yeah, the idea of utilizing green and especially some of the new life gain cards that they've given green to maybe kind of try to push the envelope of some of Suicide Black's bolder strategies. Um, that could be really interesting.
1: I also like how well it just plays with the face commander, the the Witherbloom lady. That You, know, yeah. you pay one, tap, note whether you've gained more life or lost more life this turn and put that many 1-1 counters on a creature only as a sorcery. Just the yep. the terror level of uh, my turn, untap, sign of blood, because reasons, some other things. Like, okay, you're paying a little bit of life. Pay 10. Okay. So now you obviously have the one mana to activate the witch. We'll just casually put 17 counters on Pelodros.
3: <laughs>
1: Feel free yeah. to imagine what happens from there. <laughs> <laughs> Or just as an enabler in her deck, like, I think if it wasn't seven mana, I would think every green black deck would play it. But I still think this will probably be the the boogeyman, he he might kind of do what Urza did. There might be a lot of, like, powerful things that it does, competitive things that it does, hear some outcry for banning, (laughs) and then people adjust and calm Uh, down.
2: I think we'll have to I think we'll have to see how readily abusable it really turns out to be cuz like you mentioned Urza and pretty much I think the hype delivered on Urza like you don't even have to try to build a scary Urza deck and it's still going to be scary cuz mm-hmm. Urza just has that much juice from just contained in the card itself. And I, and I think the point you raised about mana not being as good as cards combined with the once-per-turn restriction, I'll be curious to see if people are able to, to consistently deliver busted shenanigans with Belladros the same way. Yeah. Because,
3: mm-hmm.
2: again, I think everybody recognizes yes. the potential is there, but having the potential is one thing, and delivering on it is something else.
1: And I mean, in in, in sure. the vacuum of you know, if we're in competitive, we're in green black. So if we're not playing stacks, we're not playing. But I think how some of that goes. So I think he might be something that is more top end casual. Yeah, you know, scary casual yeah. card versus actually changing competitive commander. Any? Granted, I don't play enough yeah. to make really good thoughts about that, but. You know, if I'm, you're not counterspelling much with these hey, colors.
0: Cards that make just a token at to the beginning of each upkeep, too. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah he has other
1: text that matters a lot too. That's, that's strong, that's and,
0: not... it's a, and it's a in of itself without the whole pay ten life, untap all lands. I control. mean, like, just going wide is pretty good, and he's doing it.
2: Oh yeah. But but that's kind of what I'm saying too. It's like if the reality is just that it turns out to be a really good value generating card that gives you the ability to kind of. Well, Honestly, it kind of puts me in mind of like a, a weird form of exert. Like it's a it's almost like exert and untap all your lands once a turn, and that can give you enough to put you over the top. Mm-hmm. But if if that's the if that ends up being the normal worst case scenario then it'll be fine.
0: Yeah. Yep. Get yourself some devotion in there with a the Knicks. Shrine of, Shrine of Knicks, there you go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Shoot, yep. stack it with an herb so, or and uh, a cabal coffers, you'll be in business.
1: <laughs> if you can afford oh, yeah. those, along with your uh, second mortgage.
2: Like. <laughs>
1: It's great that commanders making magic through covid work, but darn it's really making some of the prices saucy. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not in a good way. I still remember when they used to not- say that commander was not really a driver behind card prices. Ah, <laughs> uh, what Boy, that was a what innocent times.
0: ill conceived. Was, was it? That didn't age well is the the way to put that.
2: I mean, there was a time when I first started yeah. playing back around 2014, 2015, it, it was largely true. Like, you had just a very select... Like, Crater Hoof, to me, stands out as having been a card that has always kind of had a higher price due to its demand in Commander. Well, the, those were it's relatively used relatively other places. Far between.
1: Like, Hoof specifically is used in Legacy Elves. Like,
2: Yeah, I know it has other homes, but I mean... If if it was only a presence in Legacy
1: Yeah it probably know. got a little bit of love from Commander playability and consistency of play for it's price then and now definitely it's being affected by it
0: I mean Gyrus has one It's a win con It's a good one well, it's,
2: it's the green win con yeah
0: Wait oh, there's Helix Pentacle win, but yeah I've seen that played like
1: once online <laughs> in another language. No,
0: <laughs> there is also hydras. Like, hey, I
2: I am saying when you talk about iconic Wincons by color, and you talk and you come to you green, didn't say
0: you didn't say iconic, you said the yeah, green
2: cons. yeah, yeah, because if you rank green Wincons in Commander, number one on that list is going to be Craterhoof. I don't disagree. that That doesn't mean there isn't. That doesn't mean there isn't a number two and a number three on up to what, a, however high you want to count. But it is number one. It is the Green Wincon. <laughs>
1: which is weird because Triumph of the Horrors is
2: semantics. <laughs> <laughs> you're arguing semantics with an English major. You're going to lose that fight.
0: <laughs> Just saying, there are others. There's snakes there. Nice. oh boy godzilla stuff man i wish we had another godzilla set <laughs> hey we're getting
1: i uh, i don't know if modern horizons comes between
0: this and D set or not i
2: i believe it does or i believe it's supposed to
0: so here pretty soon though we're going to be doing a D set review. yeah that, that, might, that one i, that soon. Gonna... I am pretty Wink. stoked one hundred percent. I am only picking creatures. Three months between D and D monsters. Between
2: D and D in the summer and uh, the return to return to Innistrad in the fall. I am I am pretty stoked.
1: And return to return return because we get two different Innistrad sets like a month apart.
2: Yes. Yeah. Oh boy! Vampires, werewolves,
1: and vampires. Let's go. I think they're trying to live up to the hype that Commander Legends put them out last year. Like we need to get them more things they love. Oh.
2: <laughs> like Oh boy. Like a playable werewolf legend, you know. <laughs> hey. Morphon exists.
1: Hey, Mayor
0: averbrook <laughs> is something I have been trying to do <laughs> forever. I don't... Mayor
2: isn't legendary though.
1: What is his name? I Ulfric? I know.
0: I don't I think,
2: know. think he's Ul Ol- Ol- Ulrich. Ulrich. Ern is it Ulfric? Ulrich Von Lichtenstein. I don't remember. I t- uh, but the, the, think the werewolf all, legend all is
1: all passable, and I think that's the problem because we have, like, 10 out-of-the-park vampire legends, and you look at the werewolf tribe and go, poking them with a stick, do more.
2: <laughs> yeah, van- vampires have <laughs> vampires have S-tier, A-tier, lots of B-tier and C-tier, and then, like, werewolves have a one C <laughs> we're walking in with a, yeah, a with a bag that just smells right. like wet dog. What is this? It's the werewolf come in. <laughs> Well, and we, yeah, <laughs> well, this will be a bonus preview for the listeners. Um, but like, obviously in uh returned and, in, in shadows over Innistrad and Eldritch moon, they started to fix. Cause like, I, I understand why they did what they did when they first introduced werewolves, but that mechanic is, is so bad that if they want werewolves to be something that people can actually play, they're going to have to change how that transform mechanic works, because there's just there's never a case where people are like, yeah, I'm just gonna sit back and not cast spells so your werewolves can transform. It's just, it's bad.
1: Yeah, you're gonna have people be like, I'm just gonna brainstorm now because middle finger.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, because again, like they want to be casting spells anyway, and when you when you tell when you give them a condition where, hey, if you don't do the thing you already want to do, I'm gonna really get an advantage. Okay, I guess I'm gonna do the thing I already want to do then.
1: <laughs> right. Then we had, let's yeah. pay to flip because we're all drowsy werewolves.
0: Yeah.
2: That was that was Ew,
0: weird. Don't do that. Let's get the tentacles out
1: of the wolves.
2: <laughs> yeah, this isn't Japan.
0: Oh no. <laughs> so anyway, let's get to rating a set. So, Johns, what do you rate it? What's your What's your rating for Strixhaven? Slash Commander. I think it needs to be a thousand
1: out of a hundred Gideon still dead, because it needs penalized in some way for referencing his sinful face.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, but is he?
2: He's <laughs> threatening to bring him back. <laughs> if he's back... Actually, no.
0: Wait
1: a second. I have to renege on that. It's like, really, not out of ten set, but there is a Gideon Planeswalker in the black white Commander Deck Precon.
2: So Oh yeah. And they printed they reprinted like the shittiest one too. They couldn't even give us allies of Zendikar. car. <laughs> it's champion of
1: justice. Like it fits the theme, it fits Token deck, but
2: come on. It it does, but it's so bad. It's like <laughs> even even as far as Gideons go.
1: They 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 scare me twice. <laughs> so there's a long
2: explanation of nine out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> they've all but confirmed that he's coming back.
0: Uh, so, Matt, what's your rating?
2: I give it 50 points to Gryffindor, and they probably win the House Cup, even though they shouldn't.
0: <laughs> I like that rating. I like it a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah, because this is totally not Harry Potter, right? <laughs> um
2: well, you know that didn't even mention that that was one of the big fears when the set was announced is that it was gonna be like a really close mirror to Harry Potter and as far as it's the not, never uh, as far as the flavor of the schools themselves it it doesn't feel Harry Potter like a Harry Potter ripoff, but then you've got like the stupid Mage tower game that they insisted on including and like it's yeah. definitely got some pretty strong Harry Potter themes and overtones in some of the stuff more than I would have really wanted, but I I suppose it was probably unavoidable.
0: Sure. I mean, you can't talk about a magic school anymore without thinking about Harry Potter, so. Yeah. There you go. Um I'm going to give this uh uh three hydra heads. Uh it's a cool interesting set. Um there's no hydras.
2: I changed my rating. This might be the best set ever.
0: <laughs> I just uh but I gave it a couple heads because uh, I really like the Kraken stuff that they have in here, and I kind of like the Pest Tokens, so it's not a complete dud. D- but, you know, no Hydra, so. Three-headed Hydra. Still menacing, just not, you know, the best. <laughs> so, alright, that's it, folks. Um, we'll, uh, we'll catch you next time with um, another supplemental set, and then D&D. What was the what was the one coming out next?
2: Should be Modern Horizons two.
1: I think it comes out. Okay. I've seen conflicting things, and I'm just not sure at this point.
2: I think it has to come super, out. I think it has to come out late May.
0: Super reprint set.
2: No, wow. I mean it'll be another one with like new specific for modern oh, designs. All the
0: new modern yeah. cars. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm thinking the, the hype will be high because no, it, modern. It'll have fetchlands, not lands. modern masters. Oh yeah, because that naming's not confusing at all. No, it's yeah. horizons, um, new horizons, new <laughs> things
2: to see. Yeah, there. It still says modern. on the yeah, because it's for modern. It's bypassing standard to print directly into modern.
0: I get it. I get but, it. Do you? But, but I
2: don't. <laughs> by, by, by the way, you talk about it. I don't think you do.
0: <laughs> I said I don't. <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, we'll be doing uh, Modern Horizons two, and then um, yeah, you'll see us for the D and D. is one I'm excited for. I don't really care about Modern Horizons because I don't play Modern. So my got you know you some my called shot Man.
1: that will make me giddy for the D and D set is there's no way they don't do at least the two commander decks we've been getting with every set now. I need yeah. one of the commander decks to yeah. be a beholder.
2: Oh, see, I'm thinking it needs to be Dritz versus 2 so that I can have another legendary demon.
0: Okay. You know what? That's a nice positive spin on that because uh, I feel like the Dritz versus somebody is going to be inevitable. I mean, probably in
2: trary. I mean, Dritz. I was, well, I was thinking. I don't know though. The, the the most recent books, they've really they're not really enemies anymore. And and since no, that's true. And yeah. and since this will be a set that's essentially based in the five E D and D world. It it won't oh. be it won't be classic yeah. D as awesome as that would be.
1: No, you're I right. I need my Albear card with my old Albear art.
2: <laughs> it's gonna be a whole bunch of tiefling warlocks and that is gonna piss me off.
1: Hey we get more warlocks. Uh <laughs> the
2: typhlings. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, the tiefling stuff, yeah. Yeah,
0: I'm, yeah a little They'll bit.
2: try to make me less mad about anyway. it by including a bunch of dragonborn. Ugh even worse
1: at least we'll get more party mechanic cards i think
2: that's true i i I like the party mechanics i i hope i'm looking forward to that coming back
0: so um thank you guys for listening this is for one uh and or cham uh you can catch me at hunter Hub pod on twitter uh we got the weekly show going on lots of monster stuff join the discord uh and then bickering bucks also going on as well where we'll be uh finishing up um a game a game that i finished called naruto boy so it's a thing i might be leading too much into how much i don't like this game <laughs> but hey that's going to be hey, the ending too. credit song uh, was nice and uh, darth you can catch him on the discord uh, we've been through this enough that he I'm just have socially a lazy yeah. it's not that i hate people Is it... That's my
1: official statement, just in case it needs to be played back.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Matt, is there... People can probably reach you through the Discord as well. Um, But I don't think you have any, like, magic Twitter or something you're doing
2: either. No, maybe someday I'll get on that hype train. I'm just not quite there yet.
0: Yeah. So yeah, so join the Discord so you can talk to us about magic and other stuff. So... Thanks for listening, and uh, later. Bye. Go have fun slinging spells. Bye.